This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up, boy. From my friends, the star of the show. Oi, oi. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. More breaking news as even more court documents are being released related to sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. They're from a civil lawsuit filed against Ghislaine Maxwell. She's in prison for conspiring with Epstein in his sex trafficking operation. After years of highly publicized allegations that Jeffrey Epstein provided high-profile men with underage girls, these newly released documents give insight into Epstein's ties with some of these prominent figures and his sexual abuse accusers. Britain's Prince Andrew was among the notable associates named. In a 2016 deposition, accuser Johanna Schoberg says she was with Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, and Virginia Giuffre in 2001 when she met Prince Andrew at the millionaire's Manhattan home. Giuffre previously said she was forced by Maxwell and Epstein to have sex with Prince Andrew when she was 17. He denied those allegations and they settled a lawsuit out of court in 2022. Schoberg also discussed former President Bill Clinton. She did not accuse them of any wrongdoing, but said Epstein told her one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. The former president's spokesperson pointed to a 2019 statement that said Clinton knew nothing about Epstein's crimes. It's unlikely the information revealed will lead to further legal action. 300 more pages of documents have been released. Mayor Adams announced... He is suing the bus companies, transporting asylum seekers from Texas to New York City and also neighboring towns in New Jersey. Video from Texas shows asylum seekers getting bracelets with barcodes with New York as the destination. This happening before they get on buses. The mayor is suing 17 charter bus companies in all for 708 million dollars to cover the city's cost of carrying for more than 33,000 migrants bust here from Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear it puts politics over people. Governor Hochul is supporting the mayor's lawsuit. Texas Governor Greg Abbott called the suit baseless. None of the bus companies have commented. Something has been revealed during this entire episode, and that is the, the very real hostility that Democrats have against illegal immigrants. You know, they, they profess to be sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. They want to welcome them in until they actually do come in. And then when they come in, they say, no, 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 we don't want them here. We want to send them back to Texas. Uh, Therefore, illegal immigration, as long as it's Texas and the border states. Do you think it is responsible governance for one governor to refuse to coordinate, communicate, cooperate with other state officials around the country and just unilaterally bus people to another locality without informing the receiving locality so that we can work together to address a challenge that our country faces? Is that the type of patriotism and governance that we expect of our officials? In the NFC, there are 64 scenarios for the 4, 6, and 7 seed. The 4 seed is kind of simple. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, they are the 4 seed and they're in the playoffs. If they lose, then the winner of the Saints 
and the Falcons win the NFC South, and they are the four seed. So you got that. But unbelievably, Tampa has no scenarios in which they're the seven seed. So they're either in as the four or they're out. The Atlanta Falcons have zero scenarios where they are the seven seed. They're either the four or they're out. For some reason, don't ask me why. The Saints have two scenarios in which they could be the seven seed. The Saints can still make it even when they lose. The Bucks can't make it as a wild card. The Falcons can't make it as a wild card. But the Packers, Seahawks, Vikings, and Saints can. In the AFC, 32 playoff clinching scenarios. Half of them have Miami showing up in Kansas City for the wild card. Bottom line, if the Bills beat the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, if they lose, they're locked as the sixth seed. 20 of the 32 scenarios have the Jaguars in. Half of them are the Jaguars winning the division. The Jaguars have scenarios in which they lose. They're in as the seventh seed in the American Football Conference playoffs. Of all the uh, great Guns and Roses songs, this one right here, November Rain, even though it's January and we're going to get some rain and snow. But, man, is that a great song. Guns and Roses, November Rain at 611 on your dark and cold Friday morning. Welcome back. That was Rich Eisen. You heard it again today's open, put together, as always, in brilliant fashion. 
by Justin Ellick. And uh, Rich Eisen works at the NFL Network. He used to work at ESPN. And uh, he was, I think, the first face on the NFL Network. And he was talking about all the NFL playoff scenarios. So, yes, today we're going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump and Joe Biden. A lot on Mayor Eric Adams We'll uh, put some emphasis also on today's show, and this is the reason why I'm number one, because no one else can do this. Nobody, not one person can do this. They can do it, but not as good, and that is sports. This is the very last weekend of the NFL season, and there are a ton of teams that are still vying for playoffs. The top seeds right now are the San Francisco 49ers with the Lions right behind them in the NFC, and the surging Baltimore Ravens behind Lamar Jackson in the AFC. When you got a whole bunch of other teams jockeying for position, trying to win divisions, uh, the matchup this weekend between the Bills and the Dolphins will um, tell us who wins the AFC East. If the Buccaneers win this Sunday, they win the NFC South. If not, that goes down to the Falcons and the Saints. All kinds of crazy scenarios. And, of course, locally, you will probably see the very last game ever for Zach Wilson as a New York Jet. He's not going to play. He's got a concussion. But this will be the last week Zach Wilson, I believe at least, is a member of the Jets. And maybe, just maybe, that same scenario is for Saquon Barkley, who not that long ago the Giants picked number two in the draft out of Penn State, the talented running back. So big NFL weekend coming up. and then. We'll do a show Monday, of course, but Monday night from Houston, Texas. We are down to the final two teams in college football. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines will take on the Washington Huskies. And that should be quite a football game. You know, quickly back to the football. The Harbaugh family is a huge story. Because you folks that don't follow sports, a lot of you don't in this audience, which is sad you should. Um, but anyway, there are there are brothers, and Jim Harbaugh is the coach at Michigan. They're playing for the national championship Monday night. His brother John Harbaugh is the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got the best record in the National Football League and the top seed in the AFC at thirteen and three. So right now, it is good to be a Harbaugh between Jim at Michigan and John. In Baltimore, at the NFL level, these days are pretty good. Uh, Noam is a big Giants fan, like I am. Noam, you are looking forward to the last weekend. You're nervous about Barkley. Do you care at all or not really? You know, I think it might be time for Barkley to go. I think that's what he thinks. I mean, he has told people in confidence, which doesn't exist anymore, when you tell somebody something in confidence, like telling me, for example. You tell me something in confidence, there's a better than 50-50 chance it's on the show the next so day. So true, yeah. But, so he's told people that maybe a new start would not be a terrible idea. Yeah, I think the that's... The Giants never win, so... No, and you know, it was so promising when he came here, of course, we thought he was sort of the Messiah, but it didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. Well, he had a great rookie season. He's a good player when he's not injured, which is a lot. But unfortunately, when you can't throw the football, your offensive line is subpar... And you're playing 19 quarterbacks. That ain't going to work out for anybody now, is it? No. So, the uh, Giants season and the Jets season, thank God, comes to an end. That's mercy right there. 
comes to an end this weekend. But if you're an NFL fan, because don't forget, baseball is a regional sport. Right in New York, we care about the Mets and the Yankees. No one's staying up at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night to watch the Dodgers and the Padres. But football, that's national. So you could be a diehard Jet fan or a Giant fan, and because whether you're playing fantasy football, you bet the games, whatever it is, you're going to watch the Broncos and the Raiders at 4.30. They're different, but again, baseball, regional, football, national. So the playoff scenarios in football actually mean something to every football fan. Like, we care. I'm a Giant fan, but I care. Dolphins, Bills, Vikings, Seahawks. Any of that makes sense. Was this a, a major part of the uh, Dominic Carter, Curtis Lee, show yesterday? It was. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe how much time they spent on sports, actually. Yeah. You know, I had a, uh, a movie to film yesterday, and I'm going back today. And it's uh, far away. It's in a place where Mark Malusis, talking about sports, former WFAN radio host, now he works at Channel 11. He does the sports on PIX. He grew up in this town. It's called Blauvelt, New York. And it's up there in Rockland County by, uh, I guess, New City and Spring Valley and Nanuet, these other towns. So it's a schlep from uh, Rockaway Beach, Queens, where I live. So I spent the whole day on the set yesterday, and I literally walked in my door this morning at 12.08 a.m. Swear to God, on my father's memory. 12.08 a.m. By the time I got undressed, crawled into bed, shut my eyes, I was 10 espressos in. I think I fell asleep at 1. And my alarm went off at (laughs) 3. So I got two hours sleep. And when I'm done with this show today, and you can tell, by the way, I am ready to go, not even a little tired. When I'm done with this show today, I'm going back to Blauvelt, New York, to shoot day two of a three-day movie shoot. That's a pretty brutal schedule. Now. Tomorrow, we have to see because there's supposed to be rain and snow. Now, the city won't get much snow, but places like Blowout, New York, I have to imagine, may see five or six inches. What is the latest known with the storm? Yeah, you have it right. So here in the city, trace to three inches. It's going to start Saturday night, all day Sunday. Not much here in the city, but the further you go north or west of the city, yeah, they could get clobbered six, ten inches of snow oh my God. before the storm moves out. Jeez, six to ten? Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. All right. Well, we'll have to keep our eye on that. And uh, is Bill Evans still on this station? No? Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can find him. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Janice Dean to come on later. But at any rate, we'll uh, keep our eye, an eye on that one. Uh, of course, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, though, that's the big one. And I don't know how many people sigh of relief They're not on the list because even folks that are on the list are making the argument, listen, if you went there and painted the house, if you went there and cleaned Epstein's windows, you're on the list. In other words, the list is not just of people who supposedly, who allegedly had sex with underage girls. But when you see names like Bill Clinton, even my friend Dershowitz, who had to go through a very embarrassing lawsuit, Rob Reiner, Robert De Niro, they're not there to paint the house or clean the windows. But one guy that I heard for months and months and months was going to be on that list. He was on that plane. Write it down, baby. Was not. You know what his name is? Donald Trump. Not on the list. 
That filthy degenerate who allegedly raped that lady, which he didn't do in Bergdorf Goodman. There's 17 women out there claiming this, claiming that, all nonsense. You notice, Noam, Donald Trump not on the list. Yep. That's your analysis? Yep. Yeah, well, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> you son of a bitch, you want them to be on the list. That's I know. I you know. Yes, you did. I thought that this list would be exactly what it was. We were going to be, you know, people thought you were going to just be blown away by this. It would be incredible. Yeah. It ends up being not a whole lot of anything. Well, now we have to see what happens with Clinton, uh, only because there is a story that has been surfacing that Bill Clinton stormed into the offices. And I like Bill. I hate his wife. Can't stand Hillary. Really, I despise her. But I like Bill, even though he's a degenerate fine. So he walked into the offices at Vanity Fair. And he said, if you publish this article about my friend Jeffrey Epstein, there's going to be hell to pay. And according to the rumors, allegedly, they decided not to publish it because of Clinton's threats. Gun to the head, Noam. Yeah. Did that happen or not? Uh, yeah. Gun to the head. I yeah. would say, yeah, probably yeah. did. Yeah. Well, that's not good, is it? I think it happens all the time. It does? Journal- yeah. How are you talking about You trade things. People come to a journalist. They trade, uh, you know, rumors or stories for other stories to take them off the front page. This is nothing new. A quid pro quo. Is that how it works? It does work that way. Yeah. Okay. By the way, my dear friend, uh, Susan Brown uh, Otto, she is up in Bethel, where my mom lives, exactly one mile from Yasgur Farm, which, uh, of course, was where Woodstock took place in 1969. She's saying that Bethel will get upwards of 12 inches of snow. What a horrible place to live. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. 12 inches early January. Who the hell wants? No, it's beautiful. Bernie used to say that. God rest his soul, my friend Bernard. I miss him every day. I miss Bernie. But he said some things over the years I couldn't figure out. He loved the snow. I said, Bernie, you drive in from Long Island. All you do is bitch and complain about the commute. I go, yes, if you're retired, like Henry Fonda on Golden Pond, and you can sit there in your house with your fire going and look at the pretty snow and the deer outside, that's great. But when you have to go to work and drive in this and walk in this, try to walk down the subway stairs, and then, of course, it turns to yellow and brown, duty, disgusting slush. There's nothing beautiful about snow in New York City. It's grotesque. So if you're retired, fantastic. You can stare out your window all day long. I'd rather stare at the beach, but that's up to you. But if you have to work and you're still a, a productive person, snow's no good. It's a killer. Am I wrong, though? I kind of like the snow. You're an idiot. Yeah. God, you did another one. Just another dumb bastard. I like the snow, too. I like the snow. Well, because you, you live 10 blocks from the damn station. Yeah, Diego's from You don't have to Mexico, commute. So. Diego's yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Diego's here, but Lou, Lou took the day off today, so the Diego Martinez, not yep. even his name, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he goes that's my radio <laughs> last name. Because <laughs> my real last he's name not, is just so not, hard to pronounce. He's not nearly famous enough to have, like, a fake last name. It's a way What is your last name for real? Agoitia. Yeah, yeah, Martinez. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well how, how does like a regular person say it, not like in your uh, home? A regular person. <laughs> <laughs> like an American. How, how would we say that? 
Agoitia. Agoitia. Yeah. Not that hard to say that. Yeah. Okay. Diego Agoitia. Sounds like yeah. a protein bar. So. Yeah. I don't think your mother's okay. happy you call yourself Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Monday could be Escobar. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, he's here today for the uh, for the injured Lou Rufino. And then we got a whole bunch of other stuff to cover. we got so many great guests today. This is a very exciting day in terms of guests. Very exciting. We've got uh, coming up at 645. He's on this station every weekday. He's also on Fox and Friends and One Nation. Mr. Fox News, Brian Kilmeade, coming up at uh, 10 after 7, Curtis Sliwa. Andrew Giuliani will be here at 740. Judge Andrew Napolitano, usually on Thursdays, he'll be here at 815. Bill O'Reilly, usually on Thursdays, he'll be here at 840. We'll talk to Joe Tacopina at 930 and get this one. Coming up at 9.15, he called me again yesterday, former Congressman George Santos. And he's got a bone to pick with Andrew Giuliani and hopefully a job with Donald Trump. Number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. It's the Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. on your Friday, so last night when I was doing this movie stuff, there's a bunch of people I'll get to from Tony Darrow to Chuck Zito to Peter Gordio to a host of others. Danielle, Ava, and Gabe went for dinner, and they went to see my good friend George. I hope he's listening, because I say this all the time. I love diners, and John Katsimatidis, who I love too, a lot. You know that, John. He, uh, he could appreciate this. He's Greek. Not to stereotype all diner owners as Greek, but most are, at least here. And uh, George and his father, Peter, are Greek. 
and they own the Oasis Diner, which is my favorite diner. It's on Flappish Avenue. So last night, uh, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe had a great dinner there because I was on a movie set. And I was mad because I like the Oasis Diner. I like a piece of flounder. I'm getting so old and Jewish, I annoy myself. I mean, my grandmother, who was a horrible person, my mother's mother, Grandma Ann, I mean, just a horrible person. We would go to this diner in, in, in Trump Plaza in Coney Island. I was a kid. I hated it. My mother would be like, uh, Naomi, you know, Edney, we're going to see Grandma Ann. I'm like, no, please, Mom, please. We're going to see your father's mother, Ann and Meyer. And we go to this uh, diner. I think it was called the Neptune. I forget. I don't know. And she would always order the trout almondine. And then the uh, the, the almondine, the, the nuts, whatever it is, would get stuck in her teeth, you know. And she'd be talking to me, spitting almondine nuts at me the whole time. And <laughs> well, she had chronic halitosis to begin with. And But it was just awful. And now I'm doing the same thing. Well, sounds delightful. And then I get mad, like if there's not enough coleslaw, if there's like, not right. enough rolls. And right. my family looks at me and they go, what are you doing? You are turning into that old, annoying, cranky Jewish I want my roles. Yeah. And I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you got every right. Well, I just know I, I love the Oasis Diner, and they went without me last Is night, that a so. fried piece of fish, or is that a grilled piece of uh, flour? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diet now, so. Ah, uh, I see. I've lost uh, six pounds. Yeah. Danielle's no. very, very tough on me. It shows. I'm doing, is that true? Yeah. Thank you. I looked really good on camera last night. You did. Not as good as Taylor Laffey. Oh, <laughs> my, my God, is she pretty. But um, in fact, go to my Instagram page. I I like to uh, promote that anyway, at Rosenberg.Sydney. I can tell you to follow me today, at Rosenberg.Sydney. On my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg, I don't tweet or X, whatever you call it. I get these all messages all the time. Hey, Sid, can you retweet? I go, no, I'm not on Twitter. The worst human beings God ever created outside of Democrats are on X. I don't do it. I do Instagram and uh, Facebook. And you'll see some of the pictures from last night. There's this one kid. They call him the number one Guido. His name is Nick. He's a great kid. He's got 200,000 followers on Instagram. I have no idea why, but he does. And he's a super kid. He's a great kid. So they went to the uh, the diner last night without me, and um, i got to live with that. But I've also I've not been able to get a bagel in a long time because we come to work here so early in the morning. And where do you get breakfast from usually? Right across the street at Essa. Right. So in my neighborhood, there's a place where I go for bagels when I'm home in the morning, which is now almost never, and it's called um, Beach Bagel. And the guy, Muhammad, is the owner. And I know right now a bunch of people are going there for breakfast, and I saw him yesterday. Kind of like an old homecoming for me with Muhammad, Danielle with Oasis. But uh, for me, it was 11 hours on a movie set. But I missed you guys yesterday, man. I did. You know, it's a weird thing when you're used to doing something every day. And you love it, and I do love this job. I love it. And you don't do it. You actually feel it. So yesterday morning, before I went to film, I went to the gym, my new gym. You know, I joined Burn Fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm lifting, and it didn't feel right. You know? right. Like, I, I was supposed to be here. Yeah. I know Dominic and uh, Curtis did a, a, you know, an adequate job at best. And I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but uh, it didn't feel right, so. What well, do you have here? What, what, what's you're funny? texting me all day on set. I did? Yeah. Well, we had to make sure the guest list was ready to go. What about a show we've got to? I know. You see this list today? I know. But I'm just saying, no, I can attest to you not, uh, you know. No, this show. I, missing, listen, missing this place. I could be doing 19 movies, 20 TV shows, write 16 books. At the end of the day, and believe me, John, Margot, and Chad know this, 
This show, Sitting Friends in the Morning, is my baby. That's it. This is where it begins and ends. The rest of the stuff goes away tomorrow. I can live with it. This show, this is it. What we're creating right here at WABC, this is it. And it is something special. And I got no reason to, to come on and butter these people up. I really don't. I got two years after my contract. <laughs> I'm not making any more money. But that's uh, true. Yeah. You know, we got uh, something really special here. And they're great people to work for. And I'm excited. I'm excited about 2024. I'm excited about some real possibilities, which I know about and you don't. Okay. The WABC, very excited. Was that like some sort of brag? Are you bragging? No, I have nothing to do with it, actually. Yeah, but... I mean, I will I will uh, benefit. Yeah, we all will. Of course. But that's as much as I'll tell you. Okay. By the way, Pete Morgan checks in, Mr. Peerless Borders, and he says, incredible amount of energy for a guy that slept two hours. But that's my job, so I can't be tired. I can't come in. I mean, I've worked with guys that didn't sleep the night before. They were tired, and they sounded tired. I ain't doing that. So whether it's 30 minutes or eight hours, this is it. We got a big show today. It's Friday. We got a bunch of great guests coming your way, including Brian Kilmeade, Fox News. He's coming up next. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers on the ice at the Garden. Artemi Panarin scored his team best 24th goal. Vincent Trocek added three assists. And the Rangers defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1. Kreider Truba VC also scored for the Rangers, who rebounded from Tuesday's 6-1 home loss to Carolina and improved to 10-1-0 in games after a loss this season. They've now won six of their last seven meetings with Chicago, and they improved to 12-3-1 against Western Conference opponents this year. Shesterkin, with his 22 saves, had a relatively easy night's work against the last-place Hawks. As he improved to 16-8 and 0 and one for the sixth time in his last seven starts in Arizona, Bo Horvat scored twice, the second in New York's three-goal third period. And Ilya Sorokin made 25 saves to help the Islanders beat the Arizona Coyotes five to one. Lee and Gaudier scored 52 seconds apart for a four to one lead early in the third. And Horvat skated in alone for an unassisted goal with seven minutes remaining. Uh, tonight, the Devils get set to return to the ice in Newark. They'll welcome in the aforementioned Chicago Blackhawks for a 7 p.m. puck drop there. On the hardwood, no local action last night, but the Knicks and Nets will be back on the court tonight, both tipping off at 7.30. The Knicks get the 76ers in Philadelphia, while the Nets welcome in the Oklahoma City Thunder. And looking ahead to the regular season finale of Week 18 action in the NFL, locally the 6-10 and 10 Jets will visit the New England Patriots Sunday at 1 p.m. as two-point underdogs, and the 5-11 and 11 Giants get the 11-5 Philadelphia Eagles at home at 4.25 p.m. on Sunday afternoon as 5.5-point um, underdogs. The playoff picture in the NFL taking shape ahead of the season's final week. Nine teams have clinched a postseason berths. That means five more spots are on the line in Week 18. There are four AFC teams at 9 and 7, including a three-way tie atop the South between the Jags, Colts, and Texans. In the NFC, there are four teams in the playoff hunt at 8 and 8, Seattle, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. And there are two more teams on the outside looking in at 7 and 9 in the Falcons and the Vikings. That's sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. I know your eyes in the morning sun. I feel you touch me in the pouring rain. And the moment that you Friday morning, back here on Sid and Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Everybody knows who follows me every weekday morning because he's a big, big star. I mean, come on, whether he's on Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News, hosting his own great show, One Nation, 9 p.m. on Saturday nights, touring the country, (laughs) talking about Booker T. Washington or Theodore (laughs) Roosevelt. And, of course, right after me, 10 o'clock every weekday morning, he is... The pride of Massapequa, the very handsome Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian. Right. Uh, that, thank you for adding the very handsome there. That was clearly an ad lib, <laughs> but it came from the heart. Well, I was just talking about Jesse Waters right before, and so handsome was on my mind. But you are a very, very handsome guy, very talented guy, I must say. Oh, that's true. And I do thank you because I did find out last week from the, uh, the great Taylor that I was going to be on One Nation, and I love going on your show. To be honest, it's a really, really big deal. Now, I couldn't do it this week because I'm on a movie set today. I heard. Yes, which is a very, very big deal. Tony Darrow, Chuck Zito, a bunch of great actors. But I will be on One Nation coming up next Saturday night. That's a big deal, Brian. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, and, of course, everybody's uh, watching with the election coming up. But New York is so all over the biggest story in the country, and that's the border. I'm fascinated by what's going on. The brilliant move uh, in my lifetime, because it's sincere and effective, is what Governor Abbott's done. Governor Abbott said, yeah, we got a huge problem. And we just blow it off. Kamala Harris never shows up, never going to talk about it. And all of a sudden, when these buses start arriving in New York, these illegal immigrants, and first the mayor was there saying, hey, guys, welcome. 
welcome one, welcome all. Look at that Statue of Liberty. Give me your huddled masses. And now 100,000 people later, three meals a day, most tossed in the garbage. We're doing their laundry. We put them up in hotels, which is asinine. We've ruined our fields at Randall's Island. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying, I am suing you, uh, Texas, for sending illegal immigrants. Really? Suing you? You sue Joe Biden. Has <laughs> nothing to do with uh, Governor Abbott. It's not his responsibility to raise people from Slovenia or uh, Liberia or uh, or uh, Ecuador. What is going on? I think we actually uh, have gotten the whole country's attention finally. No, I think you're right. I was talking to somebody yesterday who's close with the mayor, and um, they were telling me things like, look, the mayor is really angry, but, you know, the mayor still has a career to look after. He's, he, well, he wants to do more than just mayor, and if he just goes out there and obliterates Joe Biden, it's done. I mean, look what Biden's done already. Uh, their contention was it was Joe Biden who called the FBI on the guy and took his phones and making his life miserable because I said, I go, listen. Enough with national government, enough with federal government. If Eric Adams wants to say two words that'll prove to every New Yorker, Democrat, Republican, Independent, that he cares more about the city than his future in the Democrat Party, then he's going to say Joe Biden, not federal government, yeah. not national government. And the person said to me, yes, but, and I said, there's no buts. Well, he can go to prison. So what? Show some balls. Prove to New Yorkers, no matter what political party they follow and like, prove to New Yorkers you care about the city first. And right now, Eric Adams, he's not doing that. I mean, how, how, you know, he goes halfway. He gives you great hope when he comes out uh, uh, and blisters all these uh, protesters for the Palestinians and Hamas and goes firmly in uh, Israel's camp. But he's gone silent since he comes out and basically separates himself from Joe Biden. But again, this lawsuit of seven hundred million dollars, you're blaming the governor of Texas. We're smarter than that. We know it's your sanctuary city policy, your right to shelter. Nobody told you to put them in hotels. You know, you put that soft side of facility in the parking lot near AOC's district, she complains and he picks it up again. It cost us uh, thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars to do that. And then you just got the Roosevelt Hotel and put him there. I mean, he goes halfway. De Blasio did nothing good. Uh, I think Adams' instincts are good and then somebody gets to him and he doesn't go the rest of the way. You would know better. No, I think you just nailed it. You're right. His instincts are good. Look, the truth is, Eric Adams, on most issues, is more of a Republican he is. than he is a Democrat. And he should really just switch parties at this point, become a Republican, and do what he really wants to do. But he doesn't. He goes halfway because those are his Republican values. And then it, it occurs to him, wait, I'm a Democrat. Then he has to stop, and that's where he hurts himself. Talking about elections, you know, the presidential election you mentioned coming up, Here's my question to you. I know you've got Ron DeSantis on your radio show later on this afternoon. I know you love Ron. I like Ron, too. But the truth is, he's been a horrible competitor in this race. From day one, he never had a shot. Stupid, fat, backstabbing Chris Christie, same thing. The only person that should stick around, even though she's got no chance, is Nikki Haley. And she should stick around because, at the very least, she's in the discussion for being Donald Trump's running mate. But DeSantis and Christie, what are they waiting for, Brian? A couple of things. Number one, uh, friends with Chris Christie, uh, I think he's he's just... Uh, you know exactly where he stands on every single issue. So if you've got people going to vote for him, he has a right to compete. Uh, 
if for I'm to say, let me ask something. His whole campaign is not what I can do to help America. His whole campaign is let me go on MSNBC, let me go on CNN, well, he goes on and Fox, let me destroy yeah. and let me destroy Donald Trump. That's been his whole campaign. He's an right. embarrassment. Yeah. I don't care if you like him. I liked him, too, at one point. I like that he got New Jersey gambling. I like that he goes to football games, even though he likes the Dallas Cowboys. He's an embarrassment at this point. Uh, well, you know where he stands. He's in the race. This is just like Kasich was a critic of Trump, and he stood there forever. Uh, but the only thing is that Governor Christie is a lot smarter than Kasich, a lot smarter than everybody else. He'd be an effective candidate. But Donald Trump upended what would have probably been an effective run for him in 2016. His 2012 was the perfect timing. But just to move forward, if Ron, the question to you is, if Ron DeSantis was in the race and Trump wasn't, would you feel differently about Ron DeSantis? Yes, because at that point, I think he'd be neck and neck with Nikki Haley. But, you know, look, he, he waited too long. By the time he got in, Trump beat him to a pulp already. Trump, you listen, I had this conversation with Steve Bannon last week and many others. And I stand by this. Even the Washington Post validated me earlier this week. This race was over, not when Donald Trump started getting indicted, not when the border issue became worse and worse. The day that Donald Trump stepped foot in East Palestine, Ohio, I've been saying this for eight months, and showed America they he cares about us first, while that same day Joe Biden is in the garden in Ukraine at Zelensky's house, posing for pictures with sirens, fake sirens, going off in the background. The day that Trump went to Ohio, America said, he's our guy, we want him back. It was a great move. His instincts, this is where you can't touch his instincts, uh, uh, where, where he knows the problem is. And Joe Biden was asked, I think that uh, KJP was asked this week, is he ever going to Palestine? He, she say, he said, when the time's right. Do you believe this? When the time's right. <laughs> so it's incredible. It just put it to Ohio. Do you want to win Ohio, Mr. President? Even if you don't care, if, even if you like sneer at them and you think you're above rural America, if you want to, if you want to win Ohio, this would have been the easiest thing ever. It's not your fault that trains collided uh you you know you even make an issue of it you show up and go yeah this is this is terrible give me a, let me hug you and then you go by the way he likes short trips he goes to philadelphia uh just he calls out a campaign <laughs> stop it would have been the easiest to stop yep. ever yeah and, and you know and people who judge has been an embarrassment do you see what they're doing now they had a party last night to raise morale do you know that there's staffers at the White House who are protesting the White House? Yes. Do you know they were wearing masks protesting <laughs> Joe Biden? You, you believe this? I would fire every one of them the oh, same God. day. I'd go, all of them, you're under arrest. You're gone. Get all your stuff out. It's it's on the White House lawn. Uh, have Peter Ducey help you collect it. That's it. You're out. And then yesterday, then they signed a petition because they don't like his stance, pro-Israeli stance. This is what happens, in my humble opinion, when you hire people because of their ethnicity, their sexuality, the box that they check. They have no loyalty to you. You got to hire. How many staffers do you have, Sid? They just like you. They're not even good at their jobs. They just like Sid, but you know you can trust them, right? How big is your staff? Twenty-seven. And you have told me in confidence none of them are good at their jobs, but you just need loyalty. And right, and yeah. so that's what you Something need. To that, yeah. you know, nobody, nobody's protesting against Sid every day. And 
and they should. Of some of the things you say, they should. Your staff should have turned on you years ago. Years ago, there's no question. You're right. This is the great Brian Kilmeade. Up after me, ten o'clock every day. WABC, Fox and Friends, and nine p.m. Saturday nights after my dear friend Mark Levin. It is One Nation. About three minutes ago, I want to talk some sports. Folks who don't know the story, all the way back in 1997. That's right, folks. 27 years ago, the first time I heard Brian Kilmeade's name, my agent called me and said, do you want to do a sports show from Mickey Mantles yeah. in New York? <laughs> swear to God. For Sporting News Radio with Brian Kilmeade almost 28 years ago. So you know your stuff. You're great with sports. I love when you do it on your own show after me every day. So Michigan is going to play Washington, and I'm a big college football fan because, of course, I did radio in Miami for 16 years, and college football there is even bigger than the Dolphins, the Heat, you name it. It's as big as it gets down there, SEC, ACC. So Michigan, Washington, your championship. But, man, it has been a brutal year, brutal, for Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh again. What do you think about Monday night's matchup? I can't wait, number one. And, and what a year for the Harbaugh's. John, I mean, 66 points, uh, over 66 points against uh, the Dolphins. I think it was two weeks ago he we beat the 49ers. I mean, what, again, the last time they were in the Super Bowl, they played, they coached against each other in New Orleans. So now you have Jim. And by, by the way, by the way, that game, people were <laughs> made about the Ravens, I should say. Yeah, yeah, the Ravens won that game in New Orleans. Joe Flacco, who the Jets let go and is having a great season now with Cleveland, was the <laughs> quarterback. Know. But the other quarterback for the 49ers, Niners, a guy named Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Yeah. And that's why they said, why would you leave that franchise with this young quarterback with all that upside? He said, well, you know, it's just time. It's time to move on. Uh, and then Kaepernick's life fell apart. I still, by the way, that's one of the biggest mysteries. The guy does something that causes worldwide uh, unrest yeah. and never gives an interview. Uh, what, what is going on with that? We'll do that another time. But I would, I would say this. Um, Dave Portnoy, who loves Michigan, says, I can't bet with Michigan. He <laughs> says Washington's that good, of course, of uh, uh, Barstool fame. So I'm hoping for Michigan just because I love the Harbaugh family. got a chance to meet the dad. So I'm, I'm pulling for Michigan. But I think the story I'm going to do this weekend that you're going to love, I've been talking to Joe Manchin, who's working with Tommy Tuberville and working with some of the elite coaches in college football. They're all crying, believe it or not, for some type of rules and regulation because this thing is so out of control with yeah. this portal. Yeah. It's worse than any free agency. And I'm going to discuss that this weekend and some of the bullet points he gave me uh, that they're going to be pushing forward. I love that. that. Or else we're going to have a mass exodus. College football is falling apart. No, it is. I mean, the bowl games are a joke. you got to cancel those just by the playoff games. And to your point, there's like 20 quarterbacks that are leaving their universities. The kid, Riley Leonard from Duke, I like him a lot. He's on his way to Notre Dame. He's just one example. But these college quarterbacks now get like a million dollars. And they go to another school. So that's a big story to cover. Now, you did mention... John Harbaugh, Jim's brother with the Ravens, and the Ravens right now are the one seed atop the AFC. Of course, San Francisco is still the one seed atop the NFC, but look out. Here come the Lions. This could be the last weekend in New York for two very well-known players. Jet quarterback Zach Wilson, who's going to be out with a concussion anyway, and giant running back Saquon Barkley. Their days in New York may be over after this weekend. Any thoughts on that? Oh, huge. Uh... One, I, you know, I don't know if Zach Wilson will ever be a capable quarterback. I don't hate him, unlike a lot of Jeff fans just hate him. I don't, you know, I know he had some ill, uh, ill time remarks last year, 
But I don't think he's a bad person. I think people got to ease up on him. But it, it seems to be a terrible pick. And one of the reasons why they told me he's, he was picked, when I talked to these scouts, got a chance to know some of them, they tell me that he was picked because of the pandemic, that they couldn't really try anybody out. They were looking at some film. They would uh, have an isolated workout. They couldn't really even bring players to bubble. So they just basically, you know, they picked these players from their homes. And they didn't and had to just basically the collective feeling was this guy's the second best quarterback. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was the best. One uh, and you know and the you know so he, I don't know if he'll ever be successful, but Saquon Barkley will be a giant next year. There's no way they're letting him go. No way. All right, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure. No way. I, I tend to agree with you. I think he will be a giant. But he even said this week, Barkley, to some of his friends, he is kind of interested in a fresh start. This team loses a lot. Anyway, uh, uh, who's uh, coming up on One Nation coming up tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Yeah. on Fox News? Well, I'll put it this way. Admiral James Charvitas uh, is going to make heads or tails of what's happened with these uh, with the the war. Uh, in Israel, as well as the Houthi rebels threatening us again at us, taking out one of those guys, one of the key guys in Iraq. Here we go again. Uh, I'm going to have this guy, Jeff Lax, from Cooney, you know, the, the city college. Love him. He actually invited me to do the commencement speech at Kingsboro because he teaches there, and I went to school there, and they wouldn't let me do it because his contention is I'm Jewish. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, he came out and he unwound who's behind all these Palestinian protests and pro Hamas. Is this one woman? Uh, he knows her as a student. He's going to unmask her and tell us what's behind it. Why they were blocking JFK? I, I think it's a huge story. And he helped the New York Post with the story that they that they uh, exposed two days ago. So he's going to be joining me too. Uh, and Ron DeSantis, who I know you love and think the timing's perfect <laughs> for him to run for president, uh, and Shannon Bream. And I'm going to be talking about a little bit about Jeffrey. Epstein. I'm wondering how good that story is. I'm getting sick of it already. Uh, and and I'm going to talk about 2024. Joe Biden's strategy: make Donald Trump unelectable. Uh, he's half Hitler. He's half the devil. And guess who's against it? Nancy Pelosi, yep. who says that's not going to work. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that strategy stuff. Uh, it sounds like a great show. It always is. Brian Kilmeade coming up after me at 10 o'clock every weekday morning. One Nation, 9 p.m. Saturday nights and Fox and Friends. As always, Brian, excellent yeah. job. You the man. I will talk to you and see you next week. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. And just do this one thing and stay within yourself throughout the entire show. <laughs> That's all I ask. I will try. No guarantees. All right, Mr. Actor. <laughs> Take care, buddy. See you later. Take care. There he is, my friend Brian Kilmeade, on a very, very busy Friday. Five or six more great guests to come. Our number two, starting with Curtis Sliwa, is coming up next. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help. Let's kick off the by lighting up Oi. for my friends, the star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi. This Oi. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC.
Start your Friday morning before you go to the club tonight, 2001, with Travolta. That little gap band, burn rubber on me. Make this out of Diego. Come on, let's wake up this effing audience. My man Curtis Lever, who used to, um, he's a good dancer, man. He could hit the floor, whether it's Xenons in the city or the Funhouse in Brooklyn or. Wavelengths, pastels, all pastels, pastels. Uh, Club Zanzibar, Newark. There you go. Oh man, that that's was, where, that's that really was risky. <laughs> yeah, By the is. way, nobody would get on the dance floor with me and want to do the grind at the end of the night because of how you labeled me with scabies. Well, I must say, you know, um, of course, I do want to thank you. All kidding aside, you are great. You're great on your own show. You're great when you fill in for me, and, and yesterday you were great again. You weren't, and Dominic. Well, look, you know me. I want you to go to Hollywood. I, I want you to be you on know. the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right. Because that means more talk time for me here at WABC. Right. I got bad news for you. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but but you're sitting there with what looks like something you would clean your windshield with. Yeah, it's, 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 it's And bad. you're rubbing your body because you've got this uncontrollable itch. Oh, it's bad. It's got to be scabies. No. Maybe it's rickets. No, but you, you've maligned me. <laughs> so mean? the other day, I go over to the New York luncheonette. Oh, right I love down. that place. Right. Great, great food. And I first see a picture of you up there <laughs> with the Israeli flag with a sash from Israel. I'm saying, I can't escape this guy. Every place I walk into, they got a picture of Sid Rosenberg <laughs> everywhere. I'm sitting down yeah. with my wife, Nancy, and then my oldest son, Anthony, and Anthony wants to sit at the next table. <laughs> and I say, Anthony, what's wrong? He goes, uh, you know, everyone at WABC says you have scabies. <laughs> yeah, well, you do. You definitely have scabies. I don't know what your oh, doctor man, told you. that's infectious scabies. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Very I, I will tell you this. I can guarantee you I did not get a letter from the Department of Health of the city of New York. That <laughs> yeah. was every guy's dread, every woman's dread, right? Because then you'd have to go telling everybody that you've been with right. in, like, the last few months. Oh, my God. Thank yeah, God but, I uh, never got a letter like those that. those days are over for you. You oh, you yes. love Nancy. Oh, she's the best. You're the only keeper. infecting her. That's yeah, all. That poor keeper. soul. And, uh, you know, you reminded me. I have to go to Staples after the show and print out some more 8 by 10s to give out to restaurant now, owners. You know how bad this is? <laughs> you know your influence, Sid? Yeah. A group, unnamed, wanted me to come in and deal with this uh, illegal alien issue. Yeah. And they say... Why don't you come once you get over your scabies? <laughs> I said, I don't have scabies. Okay, well, here's the deal, Curtis. Before you get into the uh, Harrison Bader stuff, the Eagle stuff, Eric Adams, if you don't want people to think you've got scabies, I would recommend not sitting there itching yourself like 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 some zoo animal all morning long. You're like, you don't stop. Wait a second. And you, of all people, <laughs> yeah. and now it's not enough coleslaw on the table, enough rolls. Pretty soon you'll be taking the sweet and low packs as you sit at the diner, right? Well, my uh, my grandmother, who I described as an awful, awful person, my mother's, uh, my father's mother, and I don't take, a, to take that back, she's a horrible person, uh, she lived in Delray Beach. And you go into her kitchen, I swear to God, her salt and pepper shakers, 
were from uh, Wolfie's. Then she had uh, the sugar was from Pumpernick's. Every single, you know, beautiful restaurant that Jews would go to in Florida, she would steal everything from the sweet and low to the salt and pepper well, shakers. Well, she had it all over her kitchen it, it, in Delray Beach. It wasn't just a Jewish thing. My mother, Francesca, did exactly really? the same thing. The Italians yeah, did that anybody too? who came through the Depression, whatever you would leave on the table in the diner, they would try to stuff in their pockets. I said, Mom, how much sweet and low can you take? You don't even <laughs> use sweet and low. She goes, you never know. You never know. Sugar packs, sweet really? and low, everything. I met your mother. Everybody she was... who came out of the Depression, the same I thing. I didn't know that. I did meet your mother um when i came back to new york and i've been telling folks that believe it or not january the 27th of this month about three weeks away will be my eight-year anniversary at wabc i was only back for a month and you took me out with the guardian angels and it was an incredible night it really was you no one knows more about this city than curtis every single train stop he had some really cool i they were very cool historical points and when the night was over we went back to your house in canarsie and your mom, God rest her soul, was still alive. She was there. She was a cherub. Yeah, but she you, was a sweet lady. You saw her sitting at the kitchen table. Yes. And you didn't see all the packs of sweet and low there. I, yeah, I didn't notice, but now that you say it, it probably they're was. All, they're all from that generation. <laughs> That's they what hoard it is. stuff because they think tomorrow we may have to be on our way. Now, for your people, they got to carry the passport. You never know. We might have to pick up and leave. We're going to put all the sweet and low packs. Now, I did mention earlier in the program that I'm the only guy that can do the sports, or politics, and that's not necessarily true. So here's what will give you some more credit. Yeah, Twice oh, thank morning. you, thank you. You can do it, too. You have been a terrific sports radio guy over your career. Very, very good. Well, you, you know, know you know, sports. you know why. I've gotten fired three times doing sports at <laughs> WABC and at ESPN, Tim McCarthy. <laughs> Sorry, you got to go. The boys in Bristol said, get that guy out of there well, or you won't be feeding your many well, kids anymore. I tell you, it wouldn't be a bad idea for John to buy another station and have guys like us do sports, ooh, ooh, too. I like that. The courtesy was super sports. Yeah, go up against WFAN, ESPN. But anyway, we can do some... it. We can do it. Sid. I know Let's we do could. It. Well, you've got three stories today. Oh. One guy that played for the Yankees that is now a New York Met, an NFL owner who's a Jew that Justin Ellick loves that is stabbing the Jews in the back every single day. You've even got a third sports story, so take it away, Curtis. Oh, let's talk about Harrison Bader. I thought you'd be dancing the horror this oh, morning stop. when you found out that your mega-billionaire owner, Steve Cohen, actually gave a one-year, $10 million contract to Harrison Bega. So let me get this straight. So the Yankees signed Juan Soto, who may be the best young outfielder of this generation. The Dodgers get Otani and Yamamoto, two stars from Japan. And I should be dancing yes, up and down yes, because and of Harrison Bader? I'll tell you why. Oh, why is that? The kid is from Bronxville up in Westchester, a very affluent section, although originally his parents were from Bensonhurst. And the perfect couple, a Jew and a Gentile, his father Louis and his mother Janice. Now, his father's Jewish, right? Uh, is the lead counsel for Verizon. Is that right? Yes. His mother Janice Siciliano. Except Harrison Bader identifies as being Jewish. Does he really? He's going to be the next Hebrew hammer. Forget Archevsky. <laughs> the Hebrew hammer will be Harrison Bader. Did he get bar mitzvahed? Uh, I don't know. We haven't gotten into uh, those see, details. Because you know, I know people that say they're Jewish. They were not. They didn't know bris and no bar mitzvah. How about we go into the uh, clubhouse and we tell him to drop <laughs> his drawers and see if he had a bris, okay? <laughs> see if he has the scars from the bris. Well, you know, the moil who's shaking when they have the scalpel in their head. You choose a crazy. You let a moil who's like 98 years old yeah, and shaking. Yeah, yeah, 
blindfolded, right? I know. The spit. You talk about your grandmother with the rum and bean <laughs> yeah. stuck in her mouth. These guys look like they just had that trout. Trout rum and bean. Yeah, and I told you, the uh, former Dodger great catcher, Steve Yeager, who was in all those Dodger World Series in the 70s against the Yankees, he married a Jewish girl and at the age of 41 had to get a brisk. Oh, God. And he said, and don't forget, the reason why catchers wear that protection under their chin by their neck is because Jaeger was the first guy ever where a batter's bat actually broke. It splintered, went into his neck. It was very painful. Oh, he said, Sid, oh. not nearly as painful as my bris oh. at the age of oh. 41. I thought you were going to mention Mike Piazza, the Italian stallion with the shredded bat. And oh, Roger steroid, Cummins. Uh, yeah. Steroided up Roger Cummins. Yeah. But let me get back to you. you nude. This is the Hebrew hammer here, Harrison Bader. You know who his first cousin is? First cousin. You've is interviewed him many times. Many here. times. Scott Vale. Scott Bale? Yes. No kidding. Yes, he, you don't know this. He went to Horseman well, High he, School. Well, he's a, Bale's a Bensonhurst guy. That's right. He, he he wears a mouth guard and the lower part of his mouth yes. so that he can breathe more. I'm telling you, Harrison Bale is going to be the next Tommy A.G. in center field for the New York Mets. Are you drunk? I am not drunk. Buddy, not with Tommy H. Not he, he's best friends with Peter Alonso. They both went to Florida University. They're called the Diesel Brothers. Well, you say Tommy as in Tommy A.G., but here's another fact, which I think is right. I believe this Bader kid still lives at home. Oh, Mama Luke. So the better analogy, not Tommy A.G., Tommy DeVito. That's right. And Tommy Cutlitz is going to come off the bench on Sunday. Oh, get out of here. And he's going to bring victory against <laughs> the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Who, if you notice, before the curse of George Norcross was on them, they were 10-1. They ten were and on one. their way to the oh, Super Bowl. They look great. They were going right back to the Super Bowl. Ever since the owner, another Jew, told security, you tell George Norcross in his executive box to take that Israeli flag down. While fat, stupid, backstabbing Chris Christie sat there and said nothing. That's right, because he was cheering on the Dallas Cowboys that day. Home field right, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Shamu Alhefe, Chris Christie, you know, <laughs> cheering on the Cowboys. Security comes up to George Norcross, you got to take the Israeli flag down. George Norcross goes, you got Black Lives Matter flags all over the place. You got to take it down or leave. He goes, yeah, who's going to make me leave? And there was a struggle that ensued. Ever since then, one in four. Look, A.J. Brown decided to do a Steve Carlton and Eddie Murray. He wasn't going to talk all week. All of a sudden, they're saying, you know, Sirianni, we thought he was the next uh, Vince Lombardi here. He ain't looking too good. The curse I love it. Of George Norcross is upon you, and I will tell you. Jeff Luria. Tommy Jeff Cutlets, Lurie, I'm sorry. Uh, Tommy Cutlets, uh, the next, uh, the, the Mama Luke's going to come off the bench <laughs> yeah. and bring victory. It's going to re reverse Pasarczyk. Remember Pasarczyk <laughs> against the Eagles? Yes. It's going to reverse that curse. I'm telling you, you deserve it until the Philadelphia Eagles do right by George Norcross, who is the boss of all bosses of the Democrats in southern Jersey, and owned the Philadelphia Inquirer for a while and I love stayed in Mar-a-Lago. I love George. Bodito loves George, too. And you're right. They've only won one game since. And uh, Pesarczyk, for folks that don't know, 
was one of the three really rough giant quarterbacks, along with guys like Randy Dean and Jerry Goldstein in the late 1970s before the Giants drafted Phil Simms out of Moorhead State in 1979. He was trying to hand the football off to Larry Zonka. The Giants were winning. If he took a knee, the game would have been over. For some reason, they elected to run a play. He tried to hand it to Hall of Famer Larry Zonka. He fumbled the football. And who picked it up and ran for a touchdown, future Jet coach? Herman Edwards. Yes. Exactly right. Scurried. I was saying. What? What did you do, Pasargic? Wrong way, Pasargic. Take the knee. Take the knee. <laughs> That's so stupid. It's the curse right. of George Norcross upon the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going nowhere. And then finally, finally, who's the biggest Jew hater of all time? And Jews just seem to love him. There he was for the Brooklyn Nets, where without Jews going into Barclay Center, there'd almost be nobody there well, to watch I think, games. I think by the end of it, you're right, you're right. He, he said a lot of things, and the Jews, especially the, uh, the religious guys, they still continue to show up and root for him. But by the time he left and went to Dallas, I think the Jews had had enough of this guy. Yeah, because remember, all of a sudden he pulled his apology down yes. that he had put up on Instagram. Oh, I apologize, Jews, he's please come back. And he's not that far removed only a couple of months right after the attacks in Israel from wearing a kafir to a Dallas Maverick right. post-conference. Right. And, and, and who, stupid Mark Cuban let him do it. Oh, Mark Cuban's Cuban. a Jew. A Jew from Pittsburgh who then sold the franchise to the biggest Jews in America, the Adelson family from yeah. Las Vegas. Miriam is now going to be the prime owner. They're grooming her son to be able to run it for Mark Cuban who wants to spend the rest of his life on Shark Tank coin. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought the Kyrie Irving was going to amend this way. You know what he did? He's He's a jerk-off. The Utah Jazz floor, right? It's an away game for the Mavericks against Utah Jazz. And there are some, uh, they have to be Chabad. I've spent time in Salt Lake City. You, you'd be hard-pressed to find one Jew amongst all those Mormons, right? <laughs> so they got four of these rabbis there, right? They're sitting there. They got a sign. I'm a Jew and I'm proud. Naturally, they got the best seats, right? Because Jews always got to sit courtside. My God, they don't sit up in the nosebleed section. Not just sort of sound like Kyrie Irving at this point. We own the teams. We run the banks. We get the best seats. So they're holding these signs up. I'm a Jew and I'm proud of it. And so Kyrie Irving, during a break, goes over to security and says, get them the hell out of here. Get them out of here. I don't want to see that sign. I'm a Jew and I'm proud. And then all of a sudden, they hassle Rabbi Avram Zippel. Oh, what a name, Zippel. One of the greats. And they they tell this, (laughs) probably the only rabbi in all of Utah, right? Yeah, You know, Mitt Romney said, you know, I've got a rabbi here. It's the only one in all of Utah. And they tell him, you either take the sign off or you get the hell out of it. Even though they got Black Lives Matter signs all everywhere, over. Everywhere, yes. All over. So Kyrie Irving again strikes at the Jews. Aye, and aye, what aye, other aye. team that's owned by a Jew out there will want him playing for them, right? There you have it. Harrison Bader, the Philadelphia Eagles, and Kyrie Irving. Don't tell me Curtis Sliwa can't talk sports with oh, the oh, best wait, of them. Wait, there's one more. Oh, there's, there's another one sports one? Uh, the other day, you threw, you threw out the WA. ABC, Sid Rosenberg, welcome, Matt, to Paul Carlucci, Jr., who has joined our sales staff here at WABC. His father, maybe one of the greatest sales guys of all times, Paul Carlucci, Sr., from Astoria. At the time, Paul Carlucci was the publisher of the New York Post for Rupert Murdoch. So his son, Paul Carlucci, Jr., actually conveyed bad news to him. 
because the agent for Dan Marino, your favorite from the Miami Dolphins. Rob Stringer is the agent, no? Uh, reached out to Paul Carlucci Sr., yeah. Yeah. who was the publisher of the Post, and he said, I got a problem, Paul. I've never asked you for a favor. Dan Marino is having a marital issue, a baby out of wedlock. Page six is all over it. They, they, they want to publish it. Paul, you got to do me a favor. You got to stop it. So Paul says, you got to understand, as publisher of the New York Post, you don't tell page six what to do. Only the Murdochs can tell them. I can suggest it, but I'm telling you this ain't going to be good for your client. So Paul sits down with page six, please. Don't publish this. Then, all of a sudden, Paul Carlucci Jr., his son, calls up his dad in the morning and says, Hey, Pop, you did a great job. You, you kept it out of page six. It's on the front page of the New York Post because the managing editor oh my God. put it right on the front page. Oh, my God. It shows you, you think, you yeah. think people have got page six, basically, it, it's an entity of its own. A similar story when, uh, hold on to the music, Diego. When we, uh, I got in trouble for I miss, for the Williams sisters' comments. And uh, Chernoff told me to stay home and said, be ready. This may get very, very ugly. And I was in Riverdale in the Bronx, and Danielle was in Florida. And uh, she got up very early in, in Florida, and she bought the New York Post. And she looked at the back of the paper because I was a sports announcer for Imus. So she thought, okay, sports, say it, it'll be in the back of the paper. Well, she looks through the back of the paper. She calls me. She goes, oh, thank God you're not in the New York Post. I go, good, thank God. Two minutes later, she calls me hysterical crying. You're on page two. <laughs> it's true. Page two. Not in the back where the sports are. Page two. And then, of course, you know what happened that day. Howard Stern defended me. Everybody defended me. Even the girls on The View and Imus had no choice but to bring me back. But similar story. We thought the back of the paper. Page two. But let me compliment Eric Adams. This is a first on the what? Sid Rosenberg Show. New York City is back. As I was walking from the number six train, again, it was late, homeless, emotionally disturbed, and junkies shooting fentanyl. I passed an empty storefront just a block away from us. I saw balloons festooned everywhere. Grand opening. I said, oh, my oh my God, New York City is back. It's a weed shop half a block away from us. I looked in the window. I saw every conceivable weed shop product in the world. You know there are 36,000 illicit, illegal weed shops all over New York State. Only 38 legal ones and only 12 in New York City. And you know something, Sid? This one is illegal, but it shows you New York City is back. An illegal weed shop half a block away and then welcoming everybody in. Hey, deductions on your weed. All your Gumi products, all your ancillary weed products. New York City has become the weed capital of America. Thank you, Eric. Swagger man with no plan. Mayor of the illegal aliens, Adams. Sitting friends in the morning. 77 WABC. When the sun came up this morning, and she smiled her smile for me. 
felt it for the first time Something deep inside of me So you can take your midnight rambling boys And you can keep your winding roads She's living inside my heart now Living inside There's an easiness about her There's a softness in her way But she gets me through the hard times We get closer every day I know I'll never be alone now, boy Great Bob Seger, living inside my heart. If you're a um, fan like I am of those great 80s teen angst and the, not the Rat Pack. Rat Pack, of course, was Sinatra's crew, but the Brat Pack movies. This song they used in the great movie with Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Liz Perkins, and John Belushi. Excuse me, Jim Belushi, about last night. Bob Seger, living inside my heart. So before I get to um, some more great guests today, we're up to a terrific start with Brian Kilmeade and Curtis Saliwa. Tremendous guest list the rest of this morning. Still to come this hour, Andrew Giuliani. Next hour, we'll talk to both Judge Napolitano and Bill O'Reilly, the great Bill O'Reilly, usually my Thursday guest, but I was out yesterday. They're joining me today and an exciting 9 o'clock hour with my dear friend Donald Trump defense attorney Joseph Takapina and former congressman, I'm not using the word disgraced, sorry, former congressman George Santos. You don't want to miss that. He's coming up at 9.15. But I keep telling you about this Jason Barrett, Barrett News Media, because uh, in our industry, Barrett News Media at this point is the very top of the mountain. They write about you. It's a big deal. Every program director reads it. Most talent reads it. Most sales managers read it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know when Jason Barrett became that guy, but I think it's fair to say, Noam, that they have become the industry leader, yes? Would you agree with that? you got to put uh, Noam's mic on there, uh, Diego. He's on the phone. He can't do two things at once. Uh, put Noam's mic on. Okay. There we go. No two ways about it. He right. is the leader when it comes to radio news now. Right. So, and what I've been noticing lately, not lately for about the last two months, is they write stories every day. They did one piece on me. It was a very long piece. Guy did a great job. He's no longer there. He actually left. But the guy did a great job on my whole career. But they write daily pieces, what radio hosts around the country, there's a million of us. Every city has 90 radio hosts. And they write stuff that radio hosts say around the country every day. And I've been noticing now that a couple of times a week, it's about me. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's not crazy. It is a little crazy. No, right? you know why it's, it's a not crazy? hosts. There are, but like, so Monday you were in there, or was it Tuesday, whatever. It was such a stupid thing, too. So it was Tuesday because I came on the air and I thanked... Andrew Giuliani, who's coming up next, and he's great, I love Andrew, and Curtis for doing a really good job filling in for me when I was on vacation, 
But when Curtis started to get a little mouthy with me, I said, listen, buddy, you did a good job, but you'll never be me. They wrote about that. Right. That's nonsense. Well, it, it would be nonsense. And then, by the way, they wrote about you again. I just I just saw this. I don't know if you saw this. Yes, you gave it to me again. This I didn't even know about it. Yeah. It reads this. Parrot News Media today. Sid Rosenberg, WABC. That's why I get the big bucks. Sid Rosenberg. Reconciling with Mark Levin was one of the best things I did in 2023. And I do mean that. I love Mark Levin. Of course, he's on 6 to 9 every weeknight. He's a genius. Has great shows on Fox News Saturday and Sunday. You guys know the story. He and I were not getting along. It was real. It was real. He called me something. I forget what it was. A weasel. Called me a weasel. And I came back and called him, uh, he's not the great one, he's the average one. <laughs> you know. And uh, after October the 7th, literally October the 15th, eight days later, Sunday morning, Jets are about to play the Giants. And I can't get into it. I just don't care. All I can think about are these poor girls being raped in Gaza, which I stated back then. I didn't wait three months to talk about the rapes like the New York Times. I said it October 9th. So I actually reached out to Levin's producer, Mr. Producer, and I said, listen, I know you're aware of the battle between me and Mark, but I think after what happened last week in Israel, all the big Jewish voices, like Ben Shapiro, he annoys the hell out of me. But he's brilliant. I'll give you, he's brilliant. He knows this stuff, but just can't take his voice and his delivery. I said, Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Sid Rosenberg, we got to team up. We can't be killing each other. Do you think Levin would want to talk to me? And within two hours that day, Levin and I had a beautiful conversation. He's been on five times since. We text each other. I'm not kidding. Five times a week, and every text ends with, I love you. For some reason, that's in Barrett News Media today. Rosenberg and Levin. Well, it's not It's not some reason. You, Sid Rosenberg, you ready for this? Uh-oh. You have become clickbait. What does that mean? It's because, you know, if you put your name there, you know, yeah. if something, if you want somebody to click on something, you got to, yeah. there's so much, right, competition of other things to click on. You have to do something to get people to click on it. A lot of times, you know, you put up like a hot woman, they click sure. on that. Right. In the case of you, the name Sid Rosenberg has become clickbait. So no matter what you do, they're going to write about it because people are clicking on it to see what you're up to. That's why you keep showing up on their website. It's all about clicks. Holy Christ, I'm a big star now. You are. Apparently, you know, like... Well, how come I can't... Is there any way I can monetize this? Well, why is well, Barrett News Media using my name, and why are they getting paid and not me? It's my name. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. But, yeah, yeah they absolutely have monetized you, because that's why you... Twice in a week you've already showed up. Maybe this conversation will show up. There'll be a third one. Well, that's why you're talking so much. You're just dying to get your name in no, that my, thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I appeared, and I appeared once, because I, I clearly I wasn't clickbait. I never appeared again. <laughs> well, I do appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Jason Barrett. And he's right. Levin and I have, in fact, reconciled. That's a big deal for 2023. All right, like I said, in the hopper already today, Brian Kilmeade and Curtis Sliwa. Still to come, a huge guest list, including Bill O'Reilly, George Santos, Joseph Tacopina, and coming up next, Andrew Giuliani. As the Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning rolls on. I felt it for the first time. Something deep inside. 
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Lucidity at 7.52. So we put this time aside every week to talk to Andrew Giuliani, who's terrific and did a tremendous job filling in for me, alongside Curtis and John while I was on vacation. Andrew, Happy New Year. How are you, buddy? I got so many stories for you. I'll start with this one. You ready for this? Absolutely, Sid. So you uh, texted me about two weeks ago. You go, listen, I got a buddy. His name is Ed Walsh. And he's really, really tight with Donald Trump. They golf together. I guess Eddie is a big-time player, right? Ed's won probably seven, eight club championships out of Bedminster. I would say even more than me, Ed has played more golf with Donald Trump over the past 30 years. Oh, that says a lot. You play with Donald all the time. That says a lot. Okay. So I go to Crystal Springs Resort with my family last week, Danielle Avon Gabe, and I'm sitting in the lobby, and the guy walks over. He goes, hey, are you Sid Rosenberg? I said, yeah. He goes, my name is Raymond O'Neill, and I happen to be best friends with a guy named Ed Walsh. You remember when Andrew Giuliani <laughs> texted you two weeks ago about going to Mar-a-Lago to spend New Year's Eve with President Trump? I said, sure. He goes, I was the guy that told Ed Walsh to text Andrew Giuliani to text you. What are the odds? I'm at Crystal what Springs. Is-, is this unbelievable? What a small world. That's unbelievable. Yes. I mean, that's amazing. You know, I, you know, I guess what it, what it tells you is, you know, considering that this is the number one radio show in the country here, the, the, the circle ends up being a lot smaller than you end up thinking about because everybody ends up hearing about this stuff <laughs> because you're all over the place. You're everywhere. It's crazy. I tell you, the, the last couple of days after I filled in over uh, Christmas and, and New Year's, which, by the way, thank you, Curtis and I and John. We had a blast. We had a wonderful time. Um, but I ended up coming down to the, uh, to the Caribbean here with my wife, and we've been going over a little bit. And guess what? I'm hearing WABC down here, not during the daylight, but i got to tell you, for your 6 o'clock hour, I catch a little bit of you. And once the sun goes down at 5 o'clock, I start hearing Katz and Cosby. I yeah. hear John Katz and the chief yeah. voice there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see just the reach that WABC radio oh, it's, actually it's, it's, has, it's, it's, and especially... It, it's a huge stick. That's let off by Sid and Friends. No, so. thank you, Andrew. Thank you. It is a huge stick. It's a big, big, big sound. And, you know, at one point last week, Andrew, on New Year's Eve, actually, when John and Margot came to the studios, they had over 20 million people listening around the world. So it is a big deal. And here's a second story involving Andrew Giuliani. 
So I um I'm on record admitting I like George Santos. I wouldn't have gotten rid of him. I wouldn't have. He votes for America, he votes for Israel. Whatever he did, he did. I don't care. Now I got to worry that this Mazzy Polyp is going to lose to to uh, Swazi. I don't have to worry about that. I had a Republican there. It was fine. I would have left him there. So anyway, so I talked to Santos. So he calls me yesterday. He's coming on today at 9.15. And he goes, what the hell is up Andrew Giuliani's ass? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, last week. I go, Georgie, baby. Last week, I'm on my vacation. I don't listen to anybody. I'm sure they did a terrific job. I love those guys. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, he went on the air last week when you were off, and he had right. the chutzpah, the nerve, to say, I don't support Donald Trump. Did you say that? No, no, no. What I said was, I think very early in his campaign, he was not the biggest Trump supporter out there. So yeah, I he's mad about he that. Once, he's mad about all that. the conflict. That's fine. He could go out there about that. But I think if you look at the way he ran his campaign in 2022, it's not like he was out there being a big Trump supporter. That's just the fact. When he ended up getting in trouble, he realized, hey, I got to go into Team Trump over here. This is going to be the only way that I'm going to be able to survive. I'm going to try to be the most conservative one out there. I'm going to be the most pro-Trump one out there. So I saw a shift in Santos once ultimately he got into trouble. And Sid, I got to be honest. I'm with you in the sense that I think it was a mistake to remove Santos. Not because I don't think the guy is a scumbag. I do think he's a scumbag. And you can tell him I said that. I hope he's listening about yeah, he's, that. he's listening. But don't because, worry. <laughs> but, because, but because of the constitutional norms, I right. believe in due process. And even though I think George Santos, and I'm looking forward for him to have his day in court, I think he deserves to have his day in court. And yes. that ultimately, if he gets convicted, then he should be removed by right. Congress. It is right. very, very dangerous right. for Congress to go and remove somebody just Agreed. because they don't like the actions that he did, that we think he did right there. Well, here's but in the terms of this, if you want to know if I'm a Santos fan, yeah. the answer is no, I am not a Santos fan, but I am a fan of due process and our Constitution. See, you're consistent. I am such a hypocrite, I make myself nauseous. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because I agree with everything you just said about Santos. I really do. And again, I don't have to worry about this Swazi election. But yet, if you said to me today, Andrew, with no due process, no courts, nothing, you were going to remove Rashida Talib or Elon Omar or AOC, these three dingbats, I would dance in the street and go, go for it, baby, because I'm a hypocrite. Well, you know, I, I hear you there. And you have to think, right? They, I mean, they are a threat to our Constitution as well. I, I would... But they, even them, they deserve their due process right. As much as that pains me to say, right? I mean, you think about what they've been saying about Israel. You think about what they say about going after Trump's, uh, anybody associated with Trump, Biden's top opponents over here. They have no problem actually doing that. But even they deserve their due process right. Even these people that are associated with Epstein, for example, as disgusting as this is, and as the father of a daughter, whenever I think of somebody who's a younger girl who, who could be subject to stuff like that. Even they deserve their due process yeah. rights. That's the importance of, our, importance of our Constitution. And, Sid, that's the importance of this year, 2024, for the future, not just of our country, not just – they talk about democracy. Biden's had a, uh, an ad out there today about we have to save democracy. What will demo We have to save our constitutional republic because if 2024 doesn't go right, then guess what? You're going to continue to see the judiciary going after political opponents – whether it's a George Santos, whether it's a Donald Trump, whether it's a Rudy Giuliani, whoever it is, that's the importance of this year. That's the importance of the next 10 months. So your dad, you know, he's on every Tuesday. I get Rudy on every Tuesday and Andrew on every Friday. That's how much I love the Giuliani's, you know. 
And I always put your father in a tough spot, but he's got a brass set of balls. He doesn't care. And I, I say to him, I go, Rudy, baby, this lawsuit, that lawsuit, they're taking millions. And I said, and now you're probably upset you didn't take your pension. He said, well, that's not true. I never said that. And every week, Rudy, on this show at least, uh, actually tells us the truth, which uh, the media lies about every day. So I'm on, a, I'm on a movie set last night, and a guy, Louis Venere, a very good young actor, walks up to me and says, let me ask you something. You work at WABC. This Rudy, I like Rudy, he goes. He goes, is it as bad as the media makes it sound like he can't afford a hot dog in the street? I'm like, well, you know, it's bad. You know, it's bad. They're after the poor guy. They sue him for millions and millions of dollars. I mean, he could afford a hot dog in the street, I'm sure, but it's bad. But he spent, I swear to God, Andrew, 10 minutes asking about your father because he is a real New Yorker. He's never forgotten about 9-11. He loves this city, and anybody who really loves this city has to love your father. Only the Trump haters find a way to hate Rudy Giuliani, but he kept asking me, is it really that bad? You tell us, Andrew Giuliani, is it really that bad? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. You know, after uh, after the show on Friday, I hung around uh, WABC Studios. I was doing my podcast. I think I filled in for Brian. Curtis and I filled in for Brian after you there, Sid. And so I waited for Dad uh, just because I wanted to talk to him about a couple of things. And, you know, I-, I just had the opportunity to talk to him in one of the back offices there for the first time, really, without the family around in about a month. And I just looked at him and I said to him, I said, you know, Dad, I got to tell you, personally, you look really as good as ever. You don't look like you're, you know, you're down on this. And he told me, honestly, he said, look, there are times where, where I feel down about this stuff. But I, I snapped quickly back out of it because I realized that this is a challenge in my life that I need to overcome. I have two options. I can roll over. I can play dead. And I could be look at myself uh, on the other side, let's say, mm-hmm. and be uh, extremely disappointed in that. Or. I could say, what would my granddaughter want to see? She'd want to see somebody who's out there fighting, somebody who's out there who's fighting for her future. So, look, it is bad, and that's frankly why the appeals in this process when it comes to the, to the bankruptcy case is going to be so important because, uh, because I really think that he's got a good shot on appeals. If you look at the awarding on this, if you look at the fact that he never actually got to present his case, that he actually never got to present the video that his case was based on, uh, the videos, I should say, that his case was based on. I think he's got a great chance at appeals. And frankly, Sid, if I could do a plug, that that's why we've started the pack, and that's why we're asking people if they're interested in donating to help Rudy Giuliani in his appeals process. Go to defendrudy.com because your money, 100% of it, will go to ultimately paying for the legal fees in the Court of Appeals. I love that. Defendrudy.com. Damn it, do it today and defend my friend. God. I make you happy every morning. Make <laughs> my friend you, Rudy you. happy. You're welcome. Last one, about two minutes to go. Also because of you, this is a big morning for Andrew Giuliani, Steve Bannon is now on this show every Monday at 8.40 a.m. Every Monday, Steve Bannon. I love it. I love it, too. I and that was, that was because of you. Thank you. So uh, one thing that me, you, and Bannon all agree on, all agree on, is that Donald Trump would be nuts to have Nikki Haley as his running mate. So I brought it up to yep. Mark Levin a couple of days ago, and Levin said, Shade, I agree with you and Bannon. He goes, what is this nonsense that she's going to get him suburban housewife votes? How do you know that? Yes, yes. She's got a better stance on abortion than most Republicans. Yes, she's raised some money. But she's not going to mean the difference between a win and a loss. I know you feel that way. You think she's a backstabbing son of a bitch, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at when she left the administration. I've said it time and again. She left a month before the midterms in 2018, and that was her hedge. 
That way she could actually go out to voters and say, if Trump was unpopular, I left at a time that was not easy to do so. But if he was popular, she could claim that she ended up spending two years in the administration. It's kind of one of those political calculations and hedges. And you can look the way she's been on Trump, the way she's been on issues. She just put her puts her hands up in the air and sees where the political winds ends up blowing. I want somebody, you know, if you want to consider a woman in this spot as vice president, which I think I'm somebody who does not believe in identity politics. I really think it's actually pick the best person for the job. But let's just say some of the incredible women that could be out there. I'll pick two, for example, Elise Stefanik from upstate New York, who I think is an incredible, incredible member of Congress. You can just go and look at what she did through the impeachment trials of Trump, how she ended up defending and what she's doing as the House conference chair right now for Republicans is absolutely spectacular. She has a child a couple of months older than me and i mean her work ethic is unbelievable and, and by the way Doug, and, the and, and you have to include what she did just a couple of weeks ago taking a part the presidents of harvard mit and pennsylvania two of those ladies are still getting paid which is a crime but at least they lost their titles that was due to the great work of elise stefanik exactly exactly and another one sarah huckabee sanders somebody who went toe-to-toe Every single day with the leftist media right in front of the stand, everybody saw it at the White House briefing room there. And what she's doing, by the way, in Arkansas right now, Sid, is amazing. They're, being com- they're becoming one of the leaders in school choice. They're going out there. They're fighting against this DEI agenda. And they're making Arkansas kind of the best that it's been in the last uh, 50 years or so. So you've wow. got to uh, – those are two that would be incredible to consider that I think would have the America First yeah. values rather than somebody like Nikki Haley, who I think would be a, a Bush a bush all over again. Oh, know? yeah, the Bush-Cheney thing, that's right. What about Tulsi Gabbard? You like her? I like Tulsi. I, I don't know if uh, if she would be my VP choice, but guess yeah. what? I'm not going to probably get a vote in who the VP <laughs> choice is right there. I'll, 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 give a, I'll give a whisper at some point between the seventh and eighth hole or something like that, but, uh, you know, that might get discarded with the rapper from the hot dog. Right, yeah, I understand. Yeah, we'll don't tell him about that. Just whisper in his ear that you want... Hey, uh, Mr. President, you should have Sid Rosenberg lead the Holla, the group that you work with there, that uh, the, the Holocaust group. What is that called, what you do for the uh, president? With the Holocaust. Uh, U.S. Holo- U.S. Holocaust Council. Yes. U.S. Holocaust Museum Council. I need to but run see, that. What, hey, look, what, what, let's just shoot to the, for the stars over here. What about you as press secretary? Is Sid Rosenberg the next press secretary? Would you want that job? What do you think? Would I take it? No, yes. that, that's a serious pay cut. No, thanks. <laughs> Fair no, enough, fair give enough. that job to Tucker Carlson. Hey, uh, I love you. I don't know where you are with uh, the beautiful Z and Grace, but wherever you are, you deserve it. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. Happy New Year. You are a huge, huge asset to this show and this station. So we'll talk again next week. Thank you so much. Uh, well, said Happy New Year to you, to Danielle, to your whole family, and, and it's a wonderful part to be part of the Sid and Friends team. And, uh, you know, going to the moon, baby, to the moon. My man, Andrew Giuliani, right there, folks. That wraps up our number two. Really two very good hours. Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Andrew Giuliani. Big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way with Judge Napolitano and Bill O'Reilly. Thursday just became a Friday on Sid and Friends in the morning. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy.
So every Thursday, I've got this uh, great lineup. I bring on Judge Napolitano, 745 every Thursday morning, and Bill O'Reilly, 845. And I miss these guys a lot during my Christmas, New Year's vacation. So I haven't spoken to them in quite some time. So yesterday, I took the day off to shoot this movie. I'm back again shooting the same movie, scene two, coming up later on today in Bloorvelt, New York, straight from the studios. I slept two hours last night. But I uh, called Delic. I said, let's get Judge Napolitano and O'Reilly on Friday. And, of course, both guys agreed. So the judge, who's been out there now for the better part of, I think, eight months, and he's great, usually calls from some <laughs> Goyesha place in New Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> but in comes this really well-dressed, handsome, made-for-TV judge. It was on Newsmax, by the way with a red tie and a beautiful jacket, and here he is right in front of me, my dear friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Happy New Year, buddy. Oh, Happy New Year to you, my dear friend. <clears throat> you know, I love working with you, and we work together so much. When is the last time we were in the same room together? I got to tell you. It's the, the Bernie McGurk the, days. It's a long no, time ago. before Bernie. It's the early Imus days. Yes, yes, yes. That's Sometime right. between 2000 and 2005. The Correct. Fan Correct. Was the last time. Uh, yeah, Justin asked me when is the last time we were in the same room, and yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Well, your, there was one other night, but we're going to keep, keep that off the air, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> so this idea of the judge is a good guy, okay? People come to visit me in the studio, and this is something that Jews and Italians do, by the way. Take note, Diego. Jews and Italians never come empty-handed. doesn't matter. They come to your house, <laughs> your studio. So the judge walks in with a, with a gift of sorts. Not just a gift, but a gift that he made by himself. What exactly is this? This is homemade maple syrup from oh. my farm in northwest New Jersey. We tap 350 sugar maple trees. We boil the sap down. Pure, organic, absolutely natural, nothing added, makes the best syrup you ever had. It has a wonderful, smoky aftertaste. And you actually make it yourself? No. You I don't. don't get dirty fingernails, but <laughs> yeah, we do yeah. make it on my farm. On your farm. Yes. And just so you know, I'm, uh, we have protein waffles oh. in my house all the time, me and Danielle. You, so and, Dan, you and Danielle are going to love We're this. We're going to love this. Yes. Now, when you yes. say northwestern New Jersey, I was at uh, Crystal Springs Resort. Oh, I heard your ad for Crystal Springs yeah. a little while ago. I was ago. there last week. It's right by Sparta, those places. Is I that live, where you are? I live 10 minutes from there. It's no absolutely beautiful territory. You drove... 75 miles. I did. 10 minutes from my farm. You didn't say hello. I had no idea. Right. That's we where I met live. It, We could have met at Latour, which is a great oh, restaurant. Oh, Latour. Isn't that great? Latour, which has 60,000 bottles of wine in their wine cellar. It's the Very greatest good. collection on the East Coast of the United States. Look at you. It's also a five-star restaurant. Yes. It takes two months to get in there. But if the king of the Jews wants to go, they'll let you in. It also takes two months to finish dinner there. Just yes. so you know. they, I mean, they got 19 meals. They bring you, you know, the intermezzo. Well, they have, they have one sitting at 7 o'clock. You get out at 1120. That's us. Right. We got the seven-course meal, but it was magnificent. We've done it twice. Yes. So it's good to see you. There's a lot going on, obviously, with the new year. Yes. And something tells me at Newsmax you'll be talking about our mutual friend Donald Trump I today. will, because as we speak... Mr. Rosenberg, literally an hour from now at 9.30 in the morning in Washington, D.C., nine people will sit around a uh, a conference table without their black robes on and decide, are we going to take this case from Colorado? That's today. That's today. The Supreme Court has its first conference of the year, and number one on their agenda is the case in now, Colorado. Now, this is a conference, so there'll be no decision made today. The decision will be to take it or not to take it. Got if it. they don't take it, they have effectively affirmed it, and they've unleashed the demons 
all over the country to allow other state Supreme Courts to set their own standards as to what the 14th Amendment means. So is there any way John Roberts allows that to happen? No. They will take it and they will announce in a one-liner on Monday morning, case accepted, briefs due on such and such a date, oral argument tentative on such and such a date. So the briefs will be due probably in three or four weeks, oral argument in two or three weeks after that. They have to rule quickly because ballots will soon be uh, printed. Explain this to me. Jack Smith was dying, Judge, to pin, uh, what is it called? Uh, the word they use, that's wrong. It's the definition doesn't make any sense about January 6th, insurrection. Right. He was dying to pin insurrection on Trump. He couldn't do it because by every definition of the word, that was not an insurrection. Now, on any given night during the summer of 2020 in Minneapolis when they burned down police precincts, that was an insurrection. What happened January 6th was gross. It was a bad day for America. I agree with that. It was not an insurrection. I, Yet the lady in Maine comes out and says he's off the ballot because of the insurrection. And the same thing with the judge with the Supreme Court of uh, Colorado right. made the same but uh, determination. Ins- but it wasn't an insurrection. Okay, that's because there are no standards set down by the Congress or the courts as to what insurrection means under the 14th Amendment. So it is John Roberts, the Chief Justice, it's his job to herd cats and get all nine of them to agree on what the standards are. And the Supreme Courts, state Supreme Courts can do what they want, but they're going to have to follow this standard. Got it. Without getting too complicated, there are portions of the Constitution that are very plain and clear. The First Amendment. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. I can stand on that street corner and say whatever the hell I want. That's very clear. But what is aiding and abetting an insurrection? Who is an officer of the United States? Who decides what due process is required? Nobody wrote it down. Six to three, your final score, like a Yankee Blue Jay game. Oh, six to three. Warming my heart. Yes. <laughs> we, well, well, the one, I tell you, we talk about Donald Trump all the time and all the great things that Donald Trump did, right, with the economy here, with those, there was world peace. Certainly weren't staring at three, three wars, which now we're looking at between Russia, Ukraine, Israel, and the very real potential of China, Taiwan, but also the job he did with the Supreme Court, with Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, and, of course, Amy Coney Barrett, pretty much ensuring, I, mean, I would at least say, I'd like to think ensuring he's not going to lose in Colorado and Maine. If, if the Supreme Court rules on it, it's going to be in his favor. He's not going to lose because he appointed them. He is going to win because they will do the right thing. And the right you don't thing, think one of these liberal judges will uh, will be okay with what they decided in Colorado? I, and I think one of them might actually no, not one of them. Look, the liberals don't like him as president, but they have a legacy, and their legacy has to be to the Constitution. If they do something that is overtly political, they will undermine their own credibility. They all know that. That's why I am expecting a purist, neutral down-the-line interpretation of what uh, Article 3 of the 14th Amendment means. Look, it was written to keep Confederate soldiers from becoming officials of the federal government after the Civil War. Nobody thought it would still be around 150 (laughs) years later, but it is. Well, my wife, Danielle, who's uh, not just gorgeous, but is a great attorney, she says uh, they have to take it. They cannot leave it to the states. It's not a. They must leave it to the states. It's not a federal question. She goes, how are they going to find references to what the standard shall be set at other than the Constitution, what section? What other section? The There is no other section that uh, that is relevant here. 
They're, Other than 14, that's uh, it. Correct. It's Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. They can look at the history. They can look at what was intended by that section, but they're mainly going to look at the at the meaning, the plain meaning of the words. Right. By the way, i got to tell you, yeah. you look a hell of a lot younger in person really? than in those pictures. And what's funny about, thank you for saying that, But and I've only slept for two hours, I swear to you. Now, if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known, because no. I've got this incredible energy, and I'm just crazy. When, when I walked in and, and uh, uh, Justin had me in the other room, I said to him, who's doing the dance? He goes, that's it. <laughs> oh, said, you saw that? Yes. Oh, my God. I said, that. that is a man. Oh, that's hilarious. That is a man yeah. in full. That it is, is a gift from God to love your work. And Sid Rosenberg, the king of the Jews, <laughs> yeah. loves his work. <laughs> I do. And I love my work because of times like this, when a guy like you was sitting in. Because i got to tell you, Takapita says the same thing. I learn a lot from you. You, Bill O'Reilly, some of my guests I just have fun with. You guys I have fun, but I learn oh, stuff. You're very from. kind to say that. I'm I'm a much word about, a word about Takapina. Yeah. The fiercest cross-examiner you have ever seen. And yet he cried last week because he was one of many, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, whose house got swatted. Oh, I didn't know that happened yeah, to him. Yeah, eight uh, cops showed up at his house oh, and God. put a red laser right between his eyes. Oh, He God. said, Sid, I have never been scared in my life. Oh. He said, I almost made in my pants. Ay, ay, Isn't ay. that terrible? I'm sorry. Well, that how, how does that happen, by the way? How, how does this, they just show up because somebody makes a phone call and threaten to kill I've, you? I've had the state police show up at my house at 2 in the morning. Judge, you okay? Yeah, what are you doing here? we got a 911 call. I said, it's just the dog and me. The dog doesn't dial the phone, and I'm asleep. Sorry, we got the call. We have to show up. That, those things happen. It's nothing, terrifying. Nothing you can do about There's that, nothing right? you can do about it. And, and when they show up, they show up. Yeah. There are many of them, and their guns are drawn. They don't know what to expect. I hate the old, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I've been hearing that a lot about these pro-Palestinian protests, because that's the First Amendment, and you and, and uh, Frank Marano love that about this country. And there's nothing I can do about it, so I've got to live with these scumbags something walking down do the streets. And you do it for a living. What's you that? can attack them verbally, but mm. not physically. No? No. Can Alec attack him physically? No, no, no. <laughs> By the way, I said to Alec, I'm going to challenge Sid to an arm wrestle. He goes, you're crazy. <laughs> you're not going to win that one. No, maybe today I'm actually very, very tired. You may, you may just win it. Uh, is there anything uh, going on uh, on a legal side? Are we still talking about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden? doesn't feel that way the last couple of weeks. No, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel down. that way, but that stuff will start to bubble up. I don't think the Republicans have an impeachable case, but... They are doing the country a service by exposing all this stuff. Joe wants to run for re-election. He's got to answer for his personal behavior. That's the bottom line. Yes, that's so, the bottom uh, line. By the way, if somebody is on this Jeffrey Epstein list, oh boy, and they really take offense to it, and they can prove, I don't know how, that they were not there, does that look like a decent lawsuit? I don't no, know. There's nothing. There's nothing they can no, no, why uh, is do. That? Here you go well, again. Okay. There's nothing you can do. God, I, hate I, that. I, I know you hate that phrase. <laughs> the reason there's nothing you can do. I'm looking at uh, Janine and Brian uh, on Fox and Fritz. The yeah. reason there's nothing you can do is because of the litigation privilege. Yeah. If you have to say something to defend yourself in litigation against you, or if you have to say something to attack me in litigation against me. You are privileged to say it as long as it's a good faith basis for it, no matter who is hurt by it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm. Now, these names are coming out because the Miami Herald filed a Freedom of Information Act request against the FBI. The FBI resisted it. The FBI said, we still need this because he might have to prosecute Maxwell again. Prosecute her again. She's in jail for 20 years. Let it all out. Right. So now it's all coming out. A lot of innocent people 
like like Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz was his lawyer. You would expect him to be there. They're going to try and smear Dershowitz. He didn't do anything wrong except meet with his own client. Not only that, he was actually there with his wife and his kid. Correct. I mean, give me Correct. a break. But people's names will be placed in a false light. Yeah. That's the phrase. Well, you made one major mistake today. What? You came in. You look great. I'm so happy to see you. And you sound amazing. You're a great, great guest. You made one major mistake. What'd I do? You brought in one bottle of maple syrup. I know. Everybody else wants some. What am I going to tell Bill O'Reilly next? Uh, oh, Judge says hello. I got the maple syrup. It's like the old T-shirt. Is O'Reilly here in the studio? Miami. All well, I got wait. was this lousy so T-shirt. So ask O'Reilly why he didn't get off his butt and come into the studio today like I did. <laughs> I got to go. I got to work across the street. I love you. Thank love you. you, too. Thank Let's you go to for break. This. We'll come back on Sitting Friends of the Morning. What a happy... Is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This one will never sell. They'll never understand. I don't even sing it well. I try, but I just can't. But I sing it every night And I fight to keep it in Cause this one's for you This one's for you I've done a hundred songs From fantasies to lies But this one's so real for me that I'm the one who cries And I sing it every night And I fight to hide the tears Cause this one's for you This one's for you My favorite ever, Barry Manilow, this one's for you 8.36 on your Friday morning So I'm going to head back today, Bill O'Reilly Going to join me coming up, usually here on Thursdays, but I missed yesterday. He'll be here today. And both George Santos and Joe Tacopina in the 9 o'clock hour. So I'm back uh, in Blauvelt, New York today. The lovely Blauvelt, New York, home of Mark Malusis, filmed this uh, movie, The Jailhouse Jerky Crew, which is great. And, uh, boy, what a, what a talented set of actors I got to work with the last two days. Tony Darrow, who's also uh, a singer, a comedian. He's a genius. It's been in everything, folks. All the Analyze This movies, the Nero, mob movies. The guy has had quite a life. Upstate New York, every every hotel from the Concord to the Grossingers to Kutcher's, you name it. Then you get uh, Chuck Zito, my boy Chuck. And I, I got to tell you, I spent 10 hours with Chuck Zito yesterday, and it was great. He He's also had some life, this guy. 
And a bunch of folks I just met, this kid, Nikki, they call him the number one Guido, 190,000 followers on Instagram. Great kid. Louis Venaria. Peter Gordio, my friend from Gravesend. He's a tremendous actor. Young lady making her debut in film, Taylor Lappy. Was uh, was there yesterday? She leaves today. And guys like Bo Deedle, William DeMayo will be there today. Good looking Vin, Joey Pinballs, Margiata. Spoke to Vinny Giganti yesterday. Actually, the Chin's nephew, Vinny Giganti, who's a huge fan of this show. And then you've got Paul Borghese, who is a great director. He's also an actor. He's in Gravesend, and he directs some of the Gravesend episodes. But he directed yesterday. He's amazing. The guy is great. Willie should consider making him director the whole way through. Kevin, who helps him out, Michelle Francescos, Vera, Doreen, Deirdre, just the whole crew. So I'm back in uh, Bloorville today for day two of a three-day shoot, although tomorrow we'll see because uh, they're claiming that you may get six to ten inches of snow up in that area. I ain't going. So hopefully we can get a lot done today. At any rate, Bill O'Reilly's coming up. We're also going to talk at 9.15 to George Santos and at 9.30 to Joe Tacopina. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. We've only just begun to and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way We've only begun Before the rising sun We fly So many roads to choose We start Talking. This is great music right here. Karen Carpenter and the Carpenters have only just begun. Uh, one note about that little clip there. You know, Curtis usually does that show with Wiener. Curtis is great. No one loves Curtis more than me. But John Katz filled in because Curtis had worked about 190 hours last week. And what Katz did with Anthony Wiener, and I'm not sucking up to the boss. We are well beyond that. Trust me. Just trust me. Well beyond that. What Katz did there with Wiener is the, the exact essence of the show. That's it. Left versus right. Sometimes they're a little too agreeable, Curtis and uh, Wiener. John punched him right across the face. Not literally, although he should have. <laughs> but it was great radio. So congratulations uh, to you, John Katzmatidis. Talking about great radio or TV. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own great website, the no-spin news, BillOReilly.com, great articles, great columns, great interviews, uh, the News Nation does uh, with Chris Cuomo every week, or the Killing series, which continues to kill it with the latest hit, Killing the Witches. There's nobody better in the history of our business, and I mean that, and I never say that about anybody. Bill O'Reilly is the greatest ever. Good morning, Bill. Hey, thank you for that nice uh, 2024 lead in. True. I'm sitting here in my living room on Long Island. I'm reading Newsday. You ever read Newsday? I do. I'm uh, I'm in it every now and then. In fact, their sports guy Neil Best 
is uh, somebody I really appreciate. But yeah, he's um, a pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, right. Yeah. So I think Newsday is edited by the Little Rascals. Remember the Little <laughs> Rascals? Spanky, Darla, Buckwheat, Alfalfa. Yeah, yeah. You don't see them around the Little Rascals because they're now racist. Um, you know, <laughs> true. you're right. The poor Rascals had no idea they were racist, but now they are. So the headline on page A3 in Newsday this morning, I love this. Foreign powers gave Trump 7.8 million. You know, I've this seen this. Day. No, I'm glad you brought this up because I haven't read the Newsday, but I've seen this on CNN and MSNBC out of the corner of my eye, which they play in the newsroom every morning. I don't pay attention to it, but I did but see this it. Is imp- this is important. Yeah, yeah. So the article comes out of the Washington Post. It's not Newsday. They don't have reporters covering national events. Um, so foreign powers gave Trump 7.8 million. And that's what the Democrats are accusing. This is the latest accusation du jour. Do they have any, um, do they have any make any specific foreign powers? Russia, somebody, Ukraine, I don't yeah, know, China? China, yeah. Yeah. all of that. Now, number one, the reason this is happening is because of the Biden family accepting money from um, foreign nationals for doing nothing. But if you read the article, um, they're basing the foreign powers gave Trump 7.8 million on that some foreign people traveling to D.C. checked themselves in to the Trump Hotel. Oh, <laughs> That's my what God. It is. Oh, no. Yeah. That's it. So, this is it. This is it. <laughs> There's no here's some money, Donald oh, Trump. My. It's they stayed at his hotel oh, and Trump didn't even run the hotel. Because when he became president, he handed over all of the Trump organization to his children. They ran it. So, the, again, I just want to tell you the corruption of the media. It is beyond anything we've ever seen in this republic. Foreign powers gave Trump $7.8 million. <laughs> Headline A3 Newsday. Uh, it is so dishonest. And everybody knows it now. But you were talking about WABC and, and the, the reach and why it's successful. Yeah. Um, so we don't do that here on this radio station. And if you, we did, I would I would out the people who did it. Sure. I'm going to out Wiener now. Wiener used to use a clip that said every foreign national that comes to the United States has a right to claim asylum. That's not true. You have to go to a port of entry. The immigration law clearly states if you want asylum in the United States, you have to apply at a port of entry. You can't cross the Rio Grande River, stand in the desert and scream, I want asylum. (laughs) Now, Wiener knows that. He knows it. But he also knows that most people listening don't. Correct. And so it's my, in the latter part of my career, next year at this time will be 50 years I'm in journalism. Wow. Can you believe? And, and you know what's really interesting about that? I'm the only person that started at age seven years old as a professor, <laughs> professional journalist. Okay, it was, yeah. Yeah. I received my first communion, and then I, I went right over and got my press card. Um, so I'm looking at this deterioration of honesty. Hmm. Now, I'm going to pick on Newsday. I actually pay for a subscription, so I have the right to do this. All right. Newsday knows better. They know better. 
that don't care. They don't care. No. Because they hate Trump. Yeah, but here's the thing. Newsday, like Wiener knows, he comes on every Saturday. And he knows that what he says isn't true. Right, but he also knows that everybody uh, puts him on because they hate him, which is good. Hate listening is good. Uh, Newsday is a Long Island paper. Last I checked, both county executives are Republicans. Almost all the congressmen are Republicans. They're not playing to a blue audience out on Long Island. Why would they do that? Well, because it, the, it's ingrained. It's yeah. like a, a, um, a drug habit. So if you are a liberal person, a, knee, a reflex liberal or conservative, you can sure. be applied to conservatives. You don't want to hear anything else. All right. So. Yeah, but wait a second. Wait a second. I'm in, I'm in recovery. I'm an addict. I went to rehab twice. Yeah, I don't do rehabbed. it anymore. Uh, but I don't do it anymore. Why can't Democrats stop doing it like guys like me in recovery do? Just because stop. they don't want to. You know what they do now, Bill, which really, I know you know this, but it's it's beautiful. Wiener, God bless him, Wiener actually says, the name of his show is something middle unplugged. He refuses to be called a liberal, blah, blah, blah. He's uh, in the middle. You notice that more and more liberals who are further to the left than Bernie Sanders delight in describing themselves as Middle independence, well, fascism. Because the audience of the real, real far left is very small, so you've got to come back into some kind of zone. But the importance of this discussion this morning is that Long Islanders, all right, and you know, I was raised in Levittown, born in Manhattan, raised in Levittown because my parents couldn't afford to live in Manhattan. Um, they are not being served by any media that they can trust, which is why, again, WABC has vaulted into the top position, because even if you don't, if you're a liberal or a conservative, whatever you may be, all right, the station, the radio station is not um, in business to mislead you. Yes. Now we're criticizing Wiener. Um, and he did mislead on the on the um, migrant asylum situation, but it's not a pattern. It's not what the they're in WABC's in business to do. Correct. Whereas Newsday is in business to tell Long Islanders that Trump is a devil. That's what they're in business to do, as is the Washington Post, the New York Times, all of the networks, even Fox News. They don't like I know you made that point this morning. I, I do love your morning messages, and you can hear them every day at 725, 730. And I listen to everyone. I swear to you, Bill, I walk out of this studio every break because I've got ADD, uh, ADHD. But, I, but when you do your thing, I stay in here, and I eat my breakfast, and I listen to you. And I had Brian Kilmeade on this morning. You know, I go on Jesse Waters' show, Janine's on every week. I love some of the folks at Fox News, and quite frankly, I don't love some of the folks there. But they're almost, not as bad, but almost as guilty as the rest of these networks. What the hell happened there? Well, the management doesn't like Trump. I mean, it's not the individuals at Fox News. I mean, they're entitled to like and support who they want to in their private lives, but their job is to provide some kind of balance. Let me give you the other side of it. So I get, you know, at BillOReilly.com, which is the nexus point of our journalistic operations, we do a television show every night, then it was been news. WABC carries that as common sense at 9 p.m. But we have a lot of flow in here, okay? Now, we're the most successful independent news agency in the world. Um, and 
I get letters, thousands of letters all over the world because, you know, we're on the Internet and, and, and Facebook and all of this stuff. So I, so I get a letter from a conservative woman who says that uh, is Michelle Obama a trans person? Oh, God. I heard oh. on a website. Oh, no, that's terrible. You see, right. Terrible. Right. But the deterioration of oh, this stupid. is so rapid now. Yeah. That and this poor woman is elderly. I could tell from the letter, sure. and and she hears this, and now you know, and it's running around. And look, there comes a point where you have to stop. You stop. So I'm I'm sure that Newsday will will hear about our commentary this morning. Right. All I'm asking them to do is stop. Yeah. All right. A headline: Foreign powers gave Trump seven point eight million. Is not true. If you want the headline to say foreign citizens booked themselves into the Trump hotel, right. okay. See, what's funny is though you're holding you're holding I should say Newsday accountable, which you should. You're a Long Island guy. But as I told you, I didn't know it was in Newsday out of the corner of my eye because televisions are on in the newsroom as I'm doing this radio show. I've seen both MSNBC and CNN. No shocker there. I get it. But they're both reporting the same thing. Oh, yeah, sure. Because it, but those organizations, that's a little bit more now. Newsday is, they haven't allied themselves with the Democratic Party. The, the CNN and MSNBC have. Like the Daily News, basically. Right. Yeah. The Daily News has. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're basically in business to help a political party. Right. Um, now, this has happened before in America. It, it happened in the Thomas Jefferson, John Adams. It happened to Hearst uh, Papers. That, that, that It has happened before. Wow. But now. Not to this extent, though, because there's also no extent, social media. You have television. Right. And TV and social media. Right? Right. 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 So when you have a news organization like CNN worldwide, okay, with trillions of uh, dollars that are flowing in and out of that place, um, over a period of 10 years, say, all right? And that powerful entity, even though it doesn't get any ratings anymore in America because Americans know what it is and they've walked away from it, um, that shapes opinion worldwide. Sure and enough. if you're a, a, an organization trafficking in information, allying yourself with, with a political party, you can do it if you say it. If you say it, yes, we're CNN – but we are supporting the Democratic Party. We, we believe in their values. All right. So now everybody knows. But it doesn't happen that way. And the same thing with the major newspapers in this country. Every one of them. I don't know if there's one newspaper, large newspaper, that supports the Republican Party. Well, I mean, the New York Post comes close. They've also taken yeah, a lot of shots. That's not. That's a tabloid paper. No, I don't I want to, I'm not going to be okay. condescending. You mean like the New York Times, the L.A. Times? Right, right. right. I mean, you're right. You're right. Yep, the New York Times has on its front page all the news fit to print. <laughs> yeah, right. All I got to do is add one more line if it helps the Democratic Party. That's all. Just put it right up there. The Washington Post is yeah. democracy dies yeah. in darkness, yeah. Yeah. and we hate Republicans. Right. <laughs> Just put it there. You should do that on the No Spin News tonight. That's actually really funny. Uh, I do want to get to the uh, talking about Trump. The uh, the caucus in Iowa coming up next Monday, the 15th. We'll also go to New Hampshire this month before going to South Carolina, third week of uh, February. Uh, Trump has got a huge lead. I know Nikki Haley has 
gained a little steam, a little bit in New Hampshire, but it's over. Are, are you still maintaining DeSantis drops out after Iowa? Chris Christie soon to follow, but Haley sticks around. Okay. Um, Ron DeSantis is going to run out of money. And if he doesn't do well in the Iowa caucus, it's not a primary, then he will have – it'll be an impossible task for him to raise give, money, give so your, he has give, to drop Give me out. your criteria for doing well. He's not going to win, but – He's got to be well? second, and he's got to be in the 20s. Okay, okay. It's not going to happen because the people who vote in the Iowa caucus are MAGA people. So Trump will just wipe everybody out there. New Hampshire is a bogus primary. Because anybody can vote for anybody. So there is no Democrat race in New Hampshire. So what the Democrats are doing is staying to their people, vote for Nikki Haley. And big money is coming into New Hampshire to get that message out. So if you're a Democrat in New Hampshire, in southern New Hampshire, which is basically suburbs of Boston now, they're heavy Democrat. They're going to all vote for Nikki Haley. And that, that way, Trump is, if he wins, is going to be a squeaker, and he may lose, all right? And then the press will go wild, but they won't explain that it's an open primary, not a Republican primary. Right. So nobody knows that. This is what drives me crazy. So we just discount the New Hampshire primary. It means nothing. Because their sabotage now right, right. is the main play there. Did you know that, by the way? No, I, I knew that. Now I knew that? Because you told me that. Okay. I'm being completely honest. And I, I also know that he's not losing there. She's going to make it very close. And she has picked up a couple of points the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But he Look, still I'm not making a big any lead. prediction. Right. I'm just telling you that the fix is in there. Yeah, the fix is in there. Right. But then South Carolina, it's all over. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's MAGA country. Right. Um, Nikki Haley governed all right there, but she she's not a woman that um, people are passionate about. Well, you know, you say that. It's funny you say that because you're on record on this show a couple of weeks ago saying you think the person who has the inside track to be Trump's running mate, and I love this lady, is Sarah Huckabee Sanders out of Arkansas. Right. Uh, others have said to me, Sid, keep your eye on Elise Stefanik. But all the rumors last week, all of them, was Haley, and I got to say, now you, you know Trump better than I do. I'm his friend now, but you know better. There's no way whether she, because she can't ensure he's going to win. He's going to allow this lady who ran out on him, stabbed him in the back, and has badmouthed him for seven months to be his running mate. I know that Kamala Harris called Biden uh, a racist, and he still took her on. That's not Donald Trump. If Haley and Trump could have the taunt, that's the strongest ticket for the Republicans, okay? A Trump-Haley ticket would get the most votes. But you're right, Trump is an emotional guy who values um, blind loyalty. I mean, he puts up with me, or at least he has in the past, when I slap him around figuratively. Um, he's always, you know, he's never, he iced me a couple of times, but easy doesn't do that but most other people if you criticize donald trump then you're you're not you're on the list of like done right and then whatever if i were trump i would put haley on the second because i want to be president you want to win right and and yeah when you say well she's not going to assure that he wins that's true 
but he makes she makes it easier for independent women mm. to vote for the ticket. Well, you see, I'm just telling you that Mark Levin on this show a couple of days ago and Steve Bannon both said that there is zero, zero empirical proof that Nikki Haley would do any better with suburban women than, let's say, Elise Stefanik or Tulsi Gabbard. Zero. Well, the congresswoman is not well known, although the Harvard thing obviously catapulted her. Um, Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders yeah. is the best. I agree. All right. Now, if she would do it, and I don't know why she wouldn't. I mean, you know, she's living in Little Rock. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a nice place. But yeah. Yeah, three hours in Little Rock, you're going, where's New Orleans? Um, so, And by the way, if she takes it, think about what you just said. You're making fun of Little Rock. You're exactly right. But that would be two people living at the White House in the last 25 years from Little Rock. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, you know, I don't know if Clinton actually ever lived there. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that would be a stronger ticket because if, Trump would put Haley on, you would get the Bannons and uh, Mark Levin. They would not be happy with that. Right. All right? Right. So if I'm Trump and I have an option, then I would go with Sarah. And Sarah is very smart. Very smart. She is. But you, you also have to admit that the one place where Republicans continue to shoot themselves in the foot, they did a horrible job in 22. That's why we lost the midterms. That's why they lost the midterms was abortion. And Haley happens to be the best on abortion. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I don't know where Sarah comes down on that. Me either. All right. But, but so something, you're something, at an something tells me point. something tells me she's going to be very conservative in her approach. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Arkansas's law is. I'd have to. Uh, but emotionally, um, she would galvanize some um, Republicans who don't like Trump. And, you know, there would be that would be a uniter. See, there's a lot of psychology involved with this. How much time we got left? I wish we had all day. That's how great you are. I swear to God. So we'll leave it here because, you know, this. Okay. no one knows more than you, Bill. You want them wanting more. Yes, I, that's true. You want to leave them saying, look, we really don't like uh, Rosenberg and O'Reilly, but it's pretty interesting. You know, we don't have to hang with them. That's right, right. But I just want to, I want to flag everybody that Biden's speech tonight is his kickoff for the campaign, and he's going to paint Trump as Benedict Arnold and Adolf Hitler. Well, he is. Right? I mean, I yeah, mean, a, a combo. What's today's date? Today is the 5th. The 5th. Oh, tomorrow. I know that day, January 6th. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and believe me, um, Biden hasn't done anything all week since he's come back from St. Croix, um, but practice the teleprompter. That's what he's done the whole week. And it's going to be, this is their campaign issue, Adolf, and, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. Yeah, good luck. And that's what they got. Good. They have nothing else. Good. That's why he's getting his ass kicked. I uh, I love you. Happy New Year. This was you an too. amazing segment, Bill. Thank you so much. All right, Sid. We'll talk soon. You're Bye. the best. That is Bill O'Reilly. That is really good stuff, man. I mean, come on. You're not going to hear a better segment anywhere, anywhere. Then O'Reilly, when he's on with me. We got a great nine o'clock hour too, though, coming up. George Santos coming up next, and Joseph Tacopina. Keep it right here.
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Name at nine seventeen on your Friday. You know, I'm doing the uh, Friday morning. I'm doing the, um, you know, Suzanne Miller, right? Um, Alec, yeah, Chico, yeah, she is cool. So she does a podcast, you know. Yeah, I do. I, I know. But yeah. she was hired. I mean, she's like a real estate lady, you know? right? Of course. She's very tight with uh, my friend Jill Zarin, mm-hmm. housewives of uh, New York. She probably knows Corey Zelnick as well now. Sure, she does. Yeah. I'm sure. She does a lot of work for John Katzmatidis, especially out there in Coney Island, those beautiful Ocean Drive buildings. Indeed. But now she's like, um, I guess she's expanding her game, you know. Right. So on this podcast, late last year, she had Mayor Adams, Governor Cuomo. So she wanted to start off her new podcast season 2024 with a bang. So she picked me, so. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing it today. That's a great honor. Before I go to, it is? Uh, well, I guess. How how late do you have to I stay? Know, I guess it's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, you know. Well, I got I to gotta go to Blow Belt and shoot a movie. So. Uh, I don't know, man. She... So she has to make it quick is what I'm saying. Oh, well. Let me yell and scream about Israel for eight minutes and that's it. Yeah. All right. You know, I don't like these uh, people who talk bad about my friend George Santos. <laughs> but I was going to tell Noam, everybody on the news, they always have to say this. You ready for this? Disgraced Congress. Shut up. Former congressman, that's how I describe him. Although uh, Andrew Giuliani said this about uh, George Santos this morning. He said, and I quote, he's a scumbag, but I would have kept him there. So here he is, the scumbag (laughs) ex-congressman, my friend George Santos. They say these horrible things about you, George. I just can't stop him. I'm sorry. Oh, you know what's funny? You know what I love is, is, you know, I'll say this about Andrew. Andrew is still sore that I would never support him for governor. And I supported Lee Zeldin, who was the clear front runner. And I, I look, I put my bed 
to rest at night every day, Sid, knowing that I'm building my own story, my own legacy, and I don't have to live in the shadow of my father. It must be very frustrating to be Rudy Giuliani's son. So I don't take it personal. Andrew can say whatever he wants. But at the end of the day, I'm George Santos, the former congressman. He's still just, you know, Andrew Giuliani, Donald Trump's caddy. So the reality is I don't care what Andrew has to say. But, you know, look, everybody loves to talk about disgrace or expelled or whatever it is. But nobody talks about how. Well, hold on, hold on, before, hold on, hold on, hold on, before, hold on, hold on. You say that you don't care about what Andrew says, yet when you and I discussed you coming on today, yesterday, all you talked about was how Andrew well, said that you didn't uh, support Donald Trump and how that pissed you off. That pissed me off because it's a lie, uh, right? Andrew's trying to. So here's what Andrew Giuliani is now trying to do: spin that. Oh. He never supported Trump until he got in trouble. First of all, that's an absolute bold-faced lie. You and I were in 2020 in Eisenhower Park with Bernie, and we had a crowd of, what, probably 15,000, 20,000 people in front of us. And I can tell you then I was talking positive of Donald Trump. 2015, 16, when I was attending rallies for Donald Trump in Orlando, in Pittsburgh, I have always been a Trump supporter since the day that man came down the escalator. So, I don't know what the caddy boy is talking about, but <laughs> it pisses me off when people try to tell me that I am not a Trump supporter. I happen to believe you, by the way. I really do, George. Um, I know you are a Trump supporter. I love Andrew. He's one of my closest friends, but I do believe you here. But where did the, all this animosity between you and uh, Andrew Giuliani come from? What do you think, it, do you think it's all know, about? you got to ask Andrew, because yeah. I always said nice things about Andrew until he started trashing me on the radio. But you know what? You know what that is, too, Sid? I know it's hard to find relevancy these days, and you need to really pile on on the next thing. So George Santos has become synonymous of relevancy, viewership, you know, like, and it's, it's the media world, and you're trying to stay relevant. So take a pound of flesh and go ahead and build a name on it. Every other reporter is doing it. Every other person is doing it. Why is that? You're not. Nope. You're, you're, you know why? Because you're already number one, Sid. You don't need any of that. When you're Man. number one, there's really no need to go do this I kind love, of I stuff. I love this guy. Look at that. <laughs> I love you. Hey, you know, one of the guys in my office, I swear to God, though, one of the guys in the office said to me, hey, could you ask George? I, 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 I ask questions. I go, what do you want me to ask George? The guy goes, could you ask George how much money he's really made from Cameo? Would you ever disclose? I mean, I know you, you, you talk about how many Cameos are out there, but have you made, I mean, you've made thousands, Yes. I mean, look, I, I won't confirm or deny, obviously, but it's, I gotta say, I also heard that you got a few cameos for bringing up my cameo. Yes, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why are you gonna give Santos 200 bucks? I could, I only take 40, and I got a bunch of, uh, are you still getting those requests? Seriously. So yeah, just today I opened up my cameo app, and I have right there, I think, 19 requests to be fulfilled. That's great. Uh, let me ask you about this race to what, uh, to fill your seat. Because a lot of Republicans in my community are upset. And they're upset because Mozzie, I don't know her. I hear great things about her, great things. I'm sure she's a wonderful lady that wanted to win. Obviously, I'm a Republican. But all I hear is, from my Republican friends, she's a registered Democrat. But I bring on Pete King and all these Long Island folks, and they go, Sid, she's not going to caucus with the Democrats. She's voted Republican 100% every step of the way. But then my friends go, then switch. If she's Republican, become a Republican. So long story short... Uh, they're nervous that the Republicans are going to lose their seat to Tom Swazi, and even some of your biggest detractors have said to me, I don't love him, but I'd rather him still be there. Are you hearing that basically on the street? 
I've, I've heard a lot on the street from other members of Congress saying that they regret their vote, that they felt bamboozled, pressured, and whatnot. Uh, and it's really easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, right? So, look, here's the reality. They need to hold on to the legacy and to the, the precedent they created. Now, in the subject of Mozzie, Mozzie has been a conservative vote in the Nassau County Legislature. That is factual. But it is troubling to me that she refuses to re-register as a Republican. I have no animosity towards her. I think she's a fantastic woman. Great story. She's a fighter in every literal definition of the word fighter, from being an IDF soldier to, to being part of the paratrooper uh, unit to being a mother of seven kids and still being a working mom in this environment, in this world, where women are usually, you know, told they can't, they can't this, they can't that. And she can everything she's put her mind to. She has a great academic uh, background. Now, look, I don't want to get involved in the race. Tom Swazi is a political juggernaut. We all know that. And I do believe that the, the deafening silence either A, indicates she's, he's underwater in the polling, or they're scared of putting her out there and making her vulnerable. So I don't know which one it is. I'm definitely staying out of it. I have no horse in this race other than watching it. But the primary race, obviously, that's still up uh, for grabs in June. So you just don't know what might happen then, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. No, George, let's say that uh, what, what is your uh, day in court coming up? What day is that? It's it's in November. November, uh, okay. So let so let's say right, so let's say next or November your day comes in court, and I hope you're exonerated. I do, uh, and you are, and it's all gone. Okay, uh, is your political career dead even if you're exonerated, or do you believe that barring anything really serious, like going to jail, that you can revive this career? Because I got to tell you, the more people I speak to, not including Andrew Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> who's texting me. Andrew Arena. eventually will come around. He will. Late. Right, they like him. He so, wants to throw so, fire at me, I'll throw fire back at him. But I have no issues with him personally, other than he's lying that I'm not a Trump supporter. Well, well, well let me just read these it. first before you finish your answer about you returning to politics. He said, first of all, it's Mr. Caddy Man. Second, George Santos taking shots at me is one of the best things of moral character I could ask for. Third, George is saying I'm lying because George is a model of honesty. And fourth, let him know I'm in a duty-free port. I'm not a cigarette smoker, but I'll pick him up a few batches for him. He can use it. Just ask him what name I should send it to. That's from Andrew Giuliani. Oh, Andrew, grow up. I don't smoke, so go ahead. Go ahead. Just like he's, he's such a man, baby. How the hell did Rudy Giuliani make this child? Like, it's, oh my God, Rudy's such a legend. Oh, this is very painful for me because I love both of you. This is very, very painful for me. Uh, but, oh, but, 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 do you think honestly that if if you're exonerated, you can return to politics, or do you even want to? Are you so angry with the rest of your colleagues? Oh, let me tell you this. I, I recently made a pitch, and I, and I mean it. Look, is returning to Congress out of the question? No, it's not out of the question. I'm 35 years old. I, I feel like I, think I wasn't able to do anything of the things I wanted to do, and I do want to go back and, and potentially get those things going. And, but right now, my main focus is, is getting Donald Trump over the finish line, getting him reelected. We need him for this country. We need him for our allies in Israel. We need him for sanity. And I would have an honor of a lifetime to, if I could, and I threw my hat out there humbly, obviously, I know there's way more people probably interested, but I'd love to be director of ICE. We need somebody who's actually going to identify the issue, who's going to go out there and push for the actual issue of rounding up and 
fulfilling removal proceedings of millions, tens of millions of people who are here abusing our system, crowding our education system, crowding our health care system, crowding our benefit system that should not be here, taking away from kids in inner cities all across the country where the quality of education is diminished because of the cost of supporting this migrant crisis that we have in this country is is, is the distracting from actually investing in the future of Americans in impoverished areas. So I'd love to go be the director of ICE to Donald Trump because I'm not afraid of the media. I'm not afraid of tough questions. And I'm not like Ryan Dinky, who quit the moment he got a couple of lawsuits thrown his way when he was secretary of the interior. Right. You can sue me, sue me, and I'll keep punching because the reality Clearly. is my services to this country. Right. So do you think that uh, and I'm being serious here, George, do you think that Donald Trump would really consider you? I don't know. Look, I've been very loyal, very supportive of him. When was, the, when was the last time you spoke to Trump, if you ever did? Look, the last no, the last time I had a... Uh, be careful. Yeah, man, man, be Donald. careful. They're going to fact check no. this. Trust me. Oh, no, they can fact check this. I think it was at an least Stefanik fundraiser back right. in the beginning of 2022. Okay. I was never close to Trump, right? But yeah. th- I think that was the last time or or actually it was a least Stefanik fundraiser up here in uh, Briarcliff in, uh, in Westchester. Okay. Last year. Okay, Giuliani so, was there. Andrew was there. Andrew was there. Um, so, so you know that Andrew Cuomo, I have no idea what your relationship is with Cuomo. I think you talk about scumbag. I think he's a scumbag. He actually referred to ICE as thugs. Your thought about that? Oh, talking about uh, taking the pot, calling the kettle black. <laughs> he's a thug. I mean, the guy is the epitome of a thug, and he's calling ICE thugs. Yeah. The thing. Oh, so so he's telling me the people who went after taking out terrorists out of the United States after nine eleven, those are thugs to him. The man's so delusional. I mean, and, and and I hate to say this, sometimes when I look at Kathy Hochul and the crap she's putting us through in New York State, I miss him. But then I hear stuff like this, and I'm like, no, I actually don't miss him. <laughs> you know, it's sure. like we just got to get rid of it. <laughs> it's a cancer, this Democrat Party in the state of New York. Jesus. So what do you do uh, on a daily basis now? What is uh, what is George Santos's no longer Long Island office, no D.C. office? You know, you do shows like this, and you're great. You're very good. Uh, you do the cameo stuff. But what, what are your days mostly like? Uh, I've been, I'm writing a book. Um, I'm, being, I'm partaking in a documentary about my life. Uh, oh, wait also... a second. Let me, no, no, let me stop you right there. Talk about that. Because I've been made aware of this biopic that HBO may be doing. I heard you're furious about that. That has nothing to do with me. I will not talk about it. It's garbage. It's trash. And quite frankly, it's, if anybody wants to talk about a fabulous, the man who wrote the whole thing is a fabulous. But let me put it this way to you. Right now, well, look, Sid, just think, think about it this way. When you have no access to me, you've been blocked on social media and on my phone for over two years. You go to Simon and Schuster's and lie, saying you have ample access to me. Then you fail to gain that access to me, my family, my campaign staff. And all you get a hold of is is the bribery uh, hire that I had to hire for my campaign in order to appease one of the GOP chairmen in in the counties that I was rep- running to represent. And that's your source as a campaign staffer, somebody who did absolutely no work in the campaign. Uh, I think that's indicative of how yeah. limited your access was. But here's what I'll say to you to be very pointed. Right now, I'm going to enjoy I'm going to start writing for two different publications. And I'm also signing a contract to be on a network starting in February. So I'll be covering um, 
the U.S. presidential pol- uh, race uh, as a political commentator. So there's going to be a lot more about me there, and I'm going to be writing these two weekly articles that I look forward to doing. Uh, I'm just going to keep busy and working. Uh, you know, I just want to get Trump over the finish line. That's that's really my goal. But it does sound like, and uh, we'll wrap this up, Joe Takapina is about to join me momentarily. It does sound, George, I'm happy about this, that, uh, you know, you've got opportunities out there, that not everybody has shunned you. It does seem that way. Uh, absolutely not. And you know what's the better part of it is that I'm not being hired by the ultra-conservative uh, outlets like, you know, the Newsmax or the OANNs and no, I'm actually going mainstream because that's what matters to me. I don't care about niches. Look, no offense, but thank God I didn't have to rely on Mr. Katsimatidis like Anthony Weiner did. But <laughs> neither here or there, right? I can be employable elsewhere, and I'm happy about that because, right. it's, it's look, I'm young. I have a different take, and I saw the sausage get made, and I'm not scared of calling out the crap and making sure the American people now know exactly when they're being lied to not by sure if I, I'm not sure if I was you. I do see all I saw the sausage being made, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sid, only oh, you to get a good laugh out yeah, of Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're, you're, you're great on this show. You have a good time. I have a good time. I like you. I I do. And, and um, uh, like I said, I wish that Mozzie wasn't taking on Mr. Uh, Tony, there. what's his name, Tom, I wish he was still there, Tom but Fozzie. I'm happy that you're doing okay. And Well, you like John Katsimatidis, all right? He's a great guy, great guy. Oh, I love John. No, let me make this very clear. I love the family. I, right. I love his daughter. His wife, Margo, is fabulous. Yes. I love the whole family. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm so glad that that's not the only place right. I had to go knock right. on a door. <laughs> yeah. a lot of people wouldn't hire no, me. No, listen, a lot, of, a lot of people in this town, that's what they're down to, trust me. And he's such a nice guy, he says yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, I, I, I got to tell you, I love the guy. He's very generous. He's a very good man. But he already said he wouldn't hire me, so I clearly said, I get, God, I got to go shake this off elsewhere. I'm not going to WABC anyway. Well, George, it's nice to catch up. Have yourself a, a good weekend. Stay safe. Be healthy. And we'll do this again very soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, my friend, and thank you for having me back on. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. God bless you, too. It's George Santos right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. I love him. We'll take a short break. My man, Joe Takapina, he coming up next. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. George Santos sends me a text. He goes, your show is the best. I love coming on your show. I'm going to go bully 
Andrew Giuliani on X now. And I said, God, God damn it. Uh, before I get to Joe Tacopina, I know a lot of the actors that I'm working with again today, day two of our jailhouse jerky crew shoot. I didn't get home until after midnight last night. I literally slept two hours, folks, two hours, and I gave you this magnificent show today because that's what I do. So I'm going to leave here and not go home and get rest, go right back to Bloorvelt, New York, and uh, get uh, get in day two of the shooting. And uh, Tony Darrow, I love, you know, if you're a New Yorker, you love Tony Darrow. This guy from days way back when of performing at every major hotel in the Catskill Mountains to his movie days with Analyze This, Analyze That, De Niro, all these guys. He's a genius. He really is. He's a tremendous actor. And he's a star of this movie. Chuck Zito. Who doesn't love Chuck Zito in New York? Is there a bigger New York favorite than Chuck Zito? And I hung out with Chuck for about 10 hours yesterday. He's in it. Uh, it's Kid Nicky. He's great. They call him the number one Guido. Met him for the first time yesterday. Nearly 200,000 followers on Instagram. Great kid. Uh, Louis Venaria, nice young actor. Peter Gordio, my friend from Gravesend. Taylor Laffey made her debut yesterday. She's not back on the set the next two days. But she's pretty good, too. Today we'll see folks like uh, my dear friends Bo Deedle, William DeMeo will be on set. And uh, just a whole great cast. Paul Borghese is a big-time actor and director. And I've worked with a lot of pretty good directors already in my short, very short acting career. Borghese is one of the best. He really is. Kevin, Michelle Francesco's, Vera, Doreen, Deirdre, the whole crew, and my buddy Joey Pimbles got me a phone call yesterday with Vinny Giganti. Yes, the Chin's actual nephew who loves this show. So good morning, Vinny. All that coming up uh, later on today. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. son of a bitch, but a great singer. Van Morrison, someone like you. I have been waiting uh, for someone like Tack my whole life. Known this man for 47 years. Dice baseball in the halls of Poly Prep. And now he's the most famous and successful and most brilliant defense attorney in the history of the world. Here he is, former Skidmore hockey superstar, Joseph Takapina. Hi, Joe. History of the world. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a big You've done yourself with that one, Sid. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, uh, I know. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, so, Edward Bennett Williams <laughs> might have something to say about that. <laughs> uh, Clarence Darrow might have something uh, to say whatever, about that. Fine. Okay. They're, they're, fine. Right. they're better than all of them. Uh, so here's what um, the judge was on earlier, Napolitano, and you guys have this uh, great love affair going on. And, um, Amazing math. So he was saying that, uh, that uh, I guess in New York you've got absolute privilege, absolute immunity. It's qualified, it's qualified. 
uh, supported because the law does permit sanctions. Oh, oh, so I guess what he what he was saying is, tell me if this is right or wrong. New York has an absolute litigation privilege, but that's because it's a liberal state. That's not the case all over the country. Is that right? That's right. Each state's different when it comes to that litigation privilege in the sense that whatever you say, and I think that's what you're talking about, whatever you say yes. in court papers and filings cannot be uh, defamation, cannot be slander, as long as it's contained within your litigation documents. Um, and, and that's how a lot of people, you know, sort of circumvent being sued for defamation and slander. Uh, it didn't work for me in Los Angeles because in the ASAP Rocky case, I'm being sued for defamation right. by, uh, what's her name, that Johnny Vasquez, 15 Minutes of Fame attorney. Um, <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp, 15 Minutes of Fame attorney, what's her name, Camille Vasquez, you know, is t- trying to sue me for defamation, which I find hysterical because she's going to have a nice surprise when I educate her to the facts of her case. But yes, litigation privilege is, is, is specific to each state. They all have their own different rules. You know, you're talking about you in Los Angeles, and then your client, I want to get to him in a second, because the Supreme Court is going to rule whether or not to even look at this Colorado case today. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I uh, may be, uh, Donald Trump sued for defamation by, uh, and I forgot her name already, that's how irrelevant she is to me, that lady that, uh, that you got Trump off that ridiculous rape charge. Yeah, E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, that's another trial that's coming up apparently in January. I'm right. not doing that case, um, but it is a it's a defamation only case, and so you know, it's just, I mean, it just doesn't stop. Um, he's he's got his hands full with with arrows coming at him in every direction, but you know, he survives and he survives, and he seems to be emboldened and get stronger as we go. Um, you know, the Colorado case is, is something that I think is gonna was a fatal fatal error if that was if that was a plot and a plan to you know derail Donald Trump I think that was a a, a mass mistake because it, it one it's not going to be successful okay there's no no constitutional basis to do that two um, it, it's really offensive to people because you know this this is all about a, a United States government where where it's about you know our system of government is of the people by the people and for the people. And the Supreme Court in Colorado's rulings takes that out of the people's hands. Yeah. No one, whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, no one wants to see this as the new norm, where state courts can decide who can become president of the United States, not the no, people. It's, it's and that's, that's why it's not going to stand. Well, what bothers me right. is that you've got people on, on in the media, okay, and some of them are stupid. And you know this, Joseph. They really are stupid. But but some are smart people, and they continue to use the word insurrection. You know, Jack Smith wanted, believe me, you know this, Joseph, he wanted so desperately to charge Trump with insurrection, but he just couldn't. But yet, yet, anytime somebody brings up tomorrow, for example, happens to be, wow, January 6th, you're going to hear the the word insurrection a billion times. January 6th was not an insurrection. Why is that okay for people to use it in the media all the time? And and moreover, you know, what what really makes me laugh is that the, the Colorado court's ruling was based on some, you know, state amendments, Section 3 and of, of the 14th Amendment, which bars those who have violated their oath of office and engaged in insurrection, right? Yeah. They can't govern again. But But where has the fact been proven? That he's engaged in insurrection. <laughs> there's been no jury trial. There's been, first of all, there's no allegation. Even you're right, Jack Smith. If he could have brought that charge, you know he would have. But there's been no fact finding. 
that he's engaged in strikes. So you can't jump to that conclusion right. to preclude someone from being right. on a ballot. And, and yet, it was a fact and, and every channel you put on tomorrow, they're talking about January 6th, the day of the insurrection. Smart people, just uh, those are the guys that should be put in prison, by the way. Going back to that defamation <laughs> stuff, that's defamation. It was not an insurrection. Yeah. When they burned down a police precinct in Minneapolis after, after that low-life George Floyd was murdered, that was an insurrection. That was. Yes. Look, I agree. But again, it's so offensive to any true lawyer or anyone who really appreciates and has a love for the law that we are are coming to a conclusion before there's a, a fact finding. So the, 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 the whole premise of, of his exclusion is that he engaged in insurrection, but there's never been a fact finding that he's engaged in insurrection. Yeah, people <laughs> in the media could say, but that's not the standard of law. There's a due process that's not been adjudicated here, and that's what makes this so ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous on so many different levels, but, you know, they, first of all, the Supreme Court of Colorado does not have the authority to usurp, you know, Congress's power. I mean, that's that's one thing. But it's just it's amazing to me to see what we're seeing here, that, that this is actually even up for debate. Right. That this could stand. It won't, it won't stand. No, it won't, won't stand. stand. No, no way. I agree. So uh, so I'm doing this movie, right? So the star is Tony Darrow. The other star is Chuck Zito. And I know you know Chuck, and Chuck knows you. Chuck Zito, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, so you text me last night when I'm on the set still. I worked this uh, movie till almost midnight. I'm going back today. And uh, you text me the case about Sapphire. Now, you know, you know, before it was Sapphire, it was Scores. And um, right. even though Lonnie Hanover, who's a friend of mine, Bosey had the most stars there. He got Stern there, a bunch of others. Nobody brought yep. more stars to Scores than Chuck Zito. You name it. From Madonna to Dennis Rodman to Alex Rodriguez, your friend. It was all Chuck Zito. But now it turns out that that club is involved in a lawsuit and my guy, Joe Tacopina, is involved. Can you talk about that? Sure. I mean, to the extent that we, you know, we filed the public lawsuit yesterday, and it's public, and, and whatever contained in that lawsuit, I had no problem talking about because Sapphire is a prostitution ring. It, it's, you know, it, 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 is that what, is that what you're it, claiming? It, you're, it, claim, you're claiming that Sapphire is a prostitution ring. I'm not claiming it. My right. client, who right. has seen things, have claimed it. New York City, who sued Sapphire in 2014, claimed it. They had an undercover, and we had attached the statement of the undercover police officer, who, who said that Sapphire was a known bastion for prostitution, and there were many confidential undercover investigations done there that revealed that. So they sued the city of New York, sued Sapphire, and, and, and created a public nuisance and, and got a court order that Sapphire had a cease and desist this this act of, of, of you know allowing prostitution there because that's what it is. And look, it's not just the city of New York, it's just not my client, Madison Green Street. It's also two other women last year sued Sapphire again. It's like they've never learned their lesson and they sued them last year for basically asking them to engage in prostitution. And and or otherwise they would have. All no right, so 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 let me so, so so let me get for the listeners out there may be confused. So your client is a dancer. She dances. No, 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 no. no. She was not a dancer. What was she? She was a bartender. She was a, she bartender. Was a bartender. Okay, and she's saying that as a bartender, the powers that be at Sapphire asked her to perform sexual acts on the clients. No, not her personally. They were they they made completely inappropriate con- comments to her. <laughs> Okay. Comments to her. But she's not a script George. She's not in the library. Saw, but, but, but she saw <laughs> she saw dancers, you know, doing sexual acts to clients. But isn't that in every club? You, you, think, you think that's exclusive to Sapphire? 
I don't know if it's exclusive to Sapphire. I don't yeah. care if it's exclusive to Sapphire. Yeah. But my lawsuit is against Sapphire because uh-huh. of their conduct. And it's not, I don't really care what they do in their clubs. I don't go to Sapphire. I would never go to Sapphire. I'm not a strip club guy. So I don't care what they do. But I will say this. When, when they fire someone who becomes a whistleblower, that's what I care about. Got it. Because she was mistreated there. This, this, this manager, this, this guy, his last name is Finger, and he, you know, he used to you know, joke about his last name and, and all that stuff. But he'd always be abusive from a sexual standpoint, talking about women's breasts, and in particular her breasts, and, sure. and, and asking her to do things. Shocking. But moreover, moreover <laughs> she, saw, she saw things, and when she reported that, yeah. they said, oh, we're going to do an investigation. And their investigation was to fire the whistleblower. I got so it. So she got fired because she complained. Oh, no, that's and not that's right. Oh, that's not. Okay, there I go. Because the rest of this stuff, I mean, come on. He talked about press in a strip joint. Are you nuts? I mean, let, let's be real here for one second, okay? She's not working as a librarian. She's not teaching third grade students. No, but she, she science. wasn't a stripper either. She was a bartender. She's no, you're not, right. All right. Stripper, I got it. She was someone who took care of children. She was a nanny. This is a, yeah. a different type oh, of person. Here she goes. A good person. She's Mother Teresa's yeah, sister. <laughs> I no, mean, I, you know, it's, it, I know this is, but you got to do that right to your show. But, but this is a good person who was actually I believe you. really badly mistreated. I believe mistreated, you. You know, treated like a piece of meat. But moreover, right. Right. it's not the the gist of this is when she went to complain about it. She was punished by being fired. That's not fair. And that's the that's the problem here. I agree with you, hundred percent. She she should absolutely sue. By the way, my friend Rocco was standing just a couple of feet away when Chuck Zito knocked out Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme at scores many many years ago. But of course, you weren't there because you don't go to those types of places. Thank God, neither do I. Um, so, is that your biggest case right now besides Trump? Is this um, Sapphire case? I mean, biggest. They're all big, right? Every client. Look, I have a lot of clients whose names aren't in the newspaper, and those cases are just as important to me than, than everyone's case, including right. President Trump. Right. You know, ASAP Rocky, I'm out in L.A. on Monday. I'm in Harvard today. I wow. fly to L.A. for his arraignment, and that's going to be a case that gets resolved this year. That's going to be a trial, state, and that's going to be a very interesting trial. And Rocky's going to be vindicated in that case. He's going to win um, because, again, there are facts that the people who are bringing this case, the prosecutor, no. they're going to be surprised. No. There's going to be a flame. That's not why he's going to win. That's not why he's going to win. He's going to win. I'm going to tell you why. You ready? Tell me. Yes. Because he's got you. Yeah. And no. you don't lose. You don't, you don't lose. It doesn't matter. I mean, fine. it doesn't matter what these people do. You don't lose. So. That's the bottom line. That's why you are the greatest defense attorney in the history of the goddamn world. The world. <laughs> love you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Josephine and, and Coswell would love to hear that from you, man. Oh, God. I love you. Listen, good luck at Harvard. Have a safe trip to L.A. We'll do this again next week. You're awesome. Thank you, Joseph. Okay. My All man, right, take Thank care. You. Love you. I love you, too. Joe Tacopina. Oh, is this Nick Kershaw? Hey, Diego, you kicked ass today, man. Lou was out, took a vacation day. He's allowed. But Diego Martinez filled in and was really outstanding. I'm proud of you, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Great job. You had a good time, right? Had a very fun time. Not back to your boring schedule after this. Uh, <laughs> Justin Ellick, Noam Layton, everybody else, have yourselves a great weekend. I'm on my way to Blowbelt, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do it again, though, I promise, 6 a.m., as Gene would say, God willing, on a Monday morning. Until then, folks, have a great weekend. Peace! I got it bad.